0: Hello, listener. Welcome to a special episode of Call Me By Your Game. And I know it sounds selfish, but this is my story. This is your host, Connor McCabe, here to give you a little introduction for this episode. What you're about to hear is Co-op Episode 3, all about Final Fantasy 10. The co-op episodes are a series that i do once a month on patreon exclusively for our 10 dollars dj toad tiers where instead of the usual format of having one guest on at a time to hear from them about a meaningful game from a particular moment in their life, I actually have on a group of people. There has been one time where I only had one person on, and that's because that's all I could get for that month. But uh, this episode is more of a panel-style discussion about uh, the Fantastic Game from 2001 Final Fantasy X. Um, So enjoy this full release. We are going to start releasing these every other month. So our full catalog at some point will all be available on this feed for free Uh, the first two episodes have been made available in the past here's number three and uh, the rest are gonna come um on those uh months where we don't have one of these episodes to release we're releasing a top 10 favorite video games of all time episode where i bring back past guests to list their personal favorite games also in a panel style episode and two of the people that you're gonna hear on this one Kristen Thorson and Jake Sprague are on our next top 10 episode coming out November 1st. So on the first episode of the month, you're either getting a co-op, a past big meaty episode or one of those fun top 10 list episodes. I think you're going to like if you would like to uh, hear these episodes as they come out. And folks, there are about to be the 40th one is coming out in October. We're doing an episode on Firewatch. If you want to catch every one of these co-op episodes, you subscribe at the $10 Dj toad tier on our patreon over at super NPC radio link in the show notes then you get all of those. You get three bonus podcasts a week at that tier not just from myself but from the creators of all the shows on our wonderful network. Uh, it's fantastic. It's also a way, if you want to support the show, um, that is like one of the most helpful things you can do is support us uh, by, you know, it's essentially a $10 donation and you get three bonus podcasts per week. So if you like me and you want to hear the entire back catalog uh, uh, of these episodes and so much more, I think there's over, I want to estimate there's close to, um, you know, at this point, we're, we're, we're approaching 300 bonus episodes on our Patreon over the last four years uh or three years i guess anyway i hope you love this episode about final fantasy 10 uh thank you so much for listening and again if you want that bonus content it's over at patreon.com supernpcradio radio well thank you so much and without further ado let's go ahead and scoot on over to zanarkin
1: Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. This is a show where I, your host, Connor McCabe, normally bring on one guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why Uh, we uh, talk as much normally about what was special, about the context of when they played as we do what made the game special and fun to them. However, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Insert record scratch. Uh, sound Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, This is a different sort of episode of Call Me By Your Game. This is a co-op episode. Uh, And if you're listening to this, you subscribe to our Patreon at the $10 level. So thank you so much. Uh, We do one of these monthly. On this sort of episode, um, we will bring on... I've got three just titans of... titans of games, titans of personality, titans of cool backgrounds behind them, which... The only people who are going to understand that are just us doing the show now, um, but I've got three wonderful people here to talk about a fantastic game, uh, and we sort of treat this more as a deep dive of what we loved about the game and what works really well um, than we do a like full breakdown of the entire game, but we'll touch on... Most hopefully most of what you're hoping for if you're a fan of this game. A little housekeeping up top. Um, Obviously, you're already supporting the show by listening to the Patreon. You've probably left a review, so thank you so much. Um, But share the show with a friend, especially, I would say, if you know somebody who loves the game we're talking about today, go ahead and share that with them. And if you want to email us with anything, any special memories you have um, that you want to share, you can reach us at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. That concludes the housekeeping Mom and dad are out of town, the kids are having fun, they, they got some extra money to buy some pizza, and it's party time. So I'll go ahead and introduce our guests. Um, for the first time on the show, I want to welcome two-time guardian, sword swinger, and brooding mentor, Kristen Thorson. Welcome.
2: Hello, hello, it's me. I'm just here obeying the precepts, like every great... Person in Spira should. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's it's nice to meet everybody here, uh, and I'm happy to talk about some Final Fantasy X.
1: This is great. Uh, I'm so happy that you can be here, Um, and I'm also very happy to hear that you're hearing to um, the teachings of the faith. I'm very happy to hear that. It would be shocking if you weren't. Um, We'll uh, we'll get into more stuff with you as well. I do want to introduce our other two guests. Bring two timer now. Noble Ronso, Chocobo Rider, and All Bed Confidant, Mister Jake Sprague. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi, so happy to be here, Uh, Jeremy. Insert uh, sound of a motorcycle revving up real hard.
1: Gonna let that play out for a second. Great, awesome. Well, hey, thank you uh, for coming back on the show, Jake. It's great to have you. And Jake, I got the biggest thanks of all, of course, goes to Kristen for being brave enough to come on a show with a stranger, myself, uh, meet on a zoom. But second, I would say goes to you for telling me that you knew someone who loved this game. So thank you for connecting us, Jake.
3: It's always good to be ranked in order of how much you want to thank everyone. And yes. <laughs> nothing wrong with being number two, my man. I'm happy it's to great. be here. I love and the show not- and I love you, buddy.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Love you, too. Um, And hey, why don't we just reveal who deserves the third most thanks on this episode? We're talking about Blitzball Captain, Sphere Grid Filler, and Lightning Dodger, Oscar Montoya. Waka,
4: waka! (laughs) Uh, Jeremy, uh, can you please uh, put a sound clip of me arriving in a hot air balloon?
1: (laughs) Okay, this is a long clip, so we're going to have to just bear with me for a second. Okay, I think it finally ended. Uh, Jeremy's the our producer of the show, which you probably picked up on, Kristen. But uh, and we, if you feel like at any point you are like, "Hey, this is a sound effect I need in this moment," please just just go for it.
2: Okay, I'm happy to tell Jeremy what to do. Awesome,
1: <laughs> as everyone should be. Well, um, thank all three of you for being here. Um, I did some little intros uh, for you before, but I still want to get to know each of you just a little better up top maybe a refresher for some of the people listening on a couple of our guests but Kristen um uh, of course I, I I named many of your accolades up top but how else might people know you is there anything like that you want to share about yourself like this is also I'm acting like it's for the audience but it's really for me I just want to get to know you better
2: <laughs> well I appreciate that yeah um, of course uh my things of note I guess would be I I, I have a, I have a twitch stream uh that Ooh. I that I do uh it does, it's okay it's all right I guess you got the background for it <laughs> yes yeah that's it. that's my secret that's why the background's here <laughs> uh and then I used to uh be on a podcast uh called Jim and Them with my friends and other than that i am known for uh you know kind of just hanging around I'm like hey I'm like that person that you've been at the party the whole time and then finally you you you're like oh did you see Kristen tonight and you're like no yeah, but I've been at the party the whole time. You just somehow managed to not see me the whole time. I'm a very good blender in of the background. Uh, okay, so it's a, I'm, nothing nothing too exciting of of note for me. I'm from Vegas, hey, and uh, I work on computers.
1: You're from Vegas as well. Have you two known each other for years or something? What's going on here?
2: Yeah, yeah, we've we've. It's probably been like ten. Well, yeah, ten years ish now. Wow. If I could tell a quick sad story.
1: you may that's
2: that uh my 21st birthday I had like not that many like close friends who were also 21 Mm -hmm. and I kind of barely knew Jake at the time and our other friend Mike (laughs) and uh so you know 21st birthday had to have something going on so I invited Jake and Mike to Buffalo Wild Wings and they came with me (laughs) that sounds like it was very
1: nice of them like of course I don't want to color your experience of that uh but to me I want to take the happy ending of what happened. Jake, is this um, Cowboy Mike from your episode of my show?
3: Yeah, yeah, my friend Cowboy. Mike.
1: <laughs> Shouts as he's known, Cowboy Mike. Shouts to Cowboy Mike. Um, well, uh, Kristen, that's really cool. What sort of stuff do you stream on your channel? Like, what are what should the listener expect? As they're showing up.
2: Um, so I rotate um, in the biz. We call it a variety stream, you know. But oh, uh, okay. to <laughs> uh, so write I, that down really quick. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Write that down. Uh, I uh, so I do rotating days. On Wednesdays, I typically play Sega Genesis games, and then okay. on uh, Saturdays, I always throw in a JRPG, and then Tuesdays oh. and Thursdays, I just fill in with whatever. I just finished A Link to the Past for the first time, and oh, wow. uh, before that, I played Banetta Two. I played all the Devil May Cry games, play uh, play a little bit of everything. Really, they, there's not many genres of games that I don't like besides MOBAs because I'm bad at them. And,
1: okay. Know. Well, hey, I don't like a lot of things because I'm bad at them, so I relate to that. Yes, <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, that's so cool. Uh, I love the Sega Genesis every Wednesday. Are you... Uh, can we get a peek behind the curtain do you have like an old genesis and a capture card and stuff are you using like a mini what's going on over there
2: i have a i do have a capture card uh so someone at my work was selling their old video game collection for like insane prices they sold a gen so i already had a genesis but they were selling a genesis and like 12 games and good games games that on their own might be worth like half that price (laughs) so i bought that from him and then uh I was like, well, I guess I have all these games now. I might as well stream them. So, so yeah, using the old physical media. And uh, I, I also that. got, you know, that, you know, I don't know if anybody else experienced like quarantined madness shopping where they were like, uh, this is, sorry, <laughs> this is. vitamin d Um,
3: (laughs) 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 Uh, she was talking with a pill bottle in her hand like i don't know if anyone else has experienced madness (laughs) i realized
2: realized that immediately that sounded crazy but that i promise you that's vitamin d um (laughs) but so but yeah the the madness of like just shopping i don't know i got like quarantine board shopping and so i bought so i just have so many sega genesis games and i got really into buying specifically bad games on purpose for a while um okay. so i could tell you some of the worst games i've ever played uh oh
1: please tom, if you felt, if you were ready to name some oh, dish man.
2: tom and jerry frantic antics for the sega genesis <laughs> truly awful never play i it.
3: believe that. <laughs> that a perfect name for the worst game
2: yes uh and page master the the page master <gasps> game is oh. not i don't like it i think it's too that bugs me out yeah
1: I mean, I've never played it. I I liked the movie a lot as a kid, which I haven't seen in I mean, you year, so are I'm Macaulay Culkin to. and the
4: Page Master.
1: You know what? That's so funny. We've been over this. We
4: hundred, uh, we on, 100% have.
1: On Oscar's <laughs> episode, Oscar correctly labeled me as uh, one part Macaulay Culkin and one part Elijah Wood, specifically from The Good Son, and he's absolutely
2: correct. <laughs> That's amazing. Um,
1: that is really cool. Uh, what a what a wonderful find for you, too. Like, just right place, right time. When you say insane prices, do you mean, like, insanely good? Like, they were low?
2: Yes, yeah. He sold okay. it all for 50 bucks.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: And he was also selling, like, a Super Nintendo oh, with a bunch of really good games for $100. But Dang. Um, I didn't take that one because I already had a lot of the games. But Wow. Like, some of the games were worth $100. I was like, dude, you know that you could sell this for way more? And he's like, yeah, I just want it out of my house. I was like
1: you! Okay. Hey, as long as you let him know, you at least were like, Hey, I just got to come clean to you. You know, you did your part <laughs> yeah. and I'm glad you ended up with that collection. Yes, me too. Um, cool. Well, if I think you got to cover what you wanted, I wasn't, I interrupted you at some point, but were you, did you have anything else you wanted to share?
2: No, I don't even remember you interrupting me.
1: Okay, that's how I do it, folks. I interrupt and then I make you forget about it. Such a Um, sneaky
3: interrupter. So sneaky.
1: Uh, I also want to welcome second time, two-time guest to the show on episode like five, maybe, Pokemon Blue, uh, Jake Sprague. Welcome back.
3: Oh, thanks for having me again.
1: Um, hey, I had to, I knew that you were someone who liked, at least liked JRPGs. So I figured you were going to be a good bet to like this game. You did. And you're back for time too, Jake having been on the show before, uh, you know, it probably just, when you came on the first time, I'm assuming that everything was happening so fast. You were probably a little overwhelmed by like just who was like having to sit across from me. now you've got the space of zoom you've been on before do you have any goals or anything you're trying to do different this time around?
3: Yes. uh, You're right. The first time I did it, it was just uh, just waves of color and sound coming at me. And afterwards I I, I remember, I think after the recording, I remember saying, when are we starting? And you said, it's over buddy. You did it. (laughs) So this time I'm just trying to be in the moment, enjoy it. You know, this is like, everyone talks about their wedding and how it goes so fast and, and they can't remember any of it. This is like, my second wedding. Okay, I'm not doing any of the dumb stuff this time. I'm just here to have a good time and and I don't know. I'm excited, but I'm also of course I'm scared, you know? Okay.
1: Hey, you know what in life wouldn't be where would we have excitement if not for a little fear? So, uh I'm happy to hear that you've given it some thought and um thanks again for being here, Jake. Is there anything that like you want people to know about you? Anything we should I know we we'll, of course we'll do plugs at the end of the show, but like What have you been up to, man? How are you?
3: You know, I'm great. Uh, Little kind of bogged down with this whole quarantine thing. I don't want to make it about that. And I know it's 5G, but it's still a bummer. Um, But I'm I'm doing really well. I'm raising a daughter. I've also started streaming. I wouldn't call it a variety stream. It's just me streaming games that... I can barely concentrate on the game itself, so I'm not great at chatting yet. I've, I've got you to have figure out some that active balance.
1: chats, though, I've, I've seen on your channel.
3: Thank God. Thank <laughs> God the chat is active because I can't, I play games that require too much of my focus and I can't keep up with it, but I'm having Which a great ones? time doing it. I have been playing Dead by Daylight because of you, Oscar. Oscar introduced me to Dead by Daylight and I got hooked on it. And now I'm playing Tony Hawk, which I can I can shut off a little bit more for Tony Hawk. I don't need as much focus. I played it so much growing up that I'm like, okay, great. I can pay attention to the chat. But now I'm also playing some role playing games, which I love. And they give me this amazing ability to pause and stop and look at the chat and see what people are doing. And Mm -hmm. that has been a godsend.
1: Very cool. Hey, Godsend,
3: um, <laughs> Jeremy, uh, put in the sound of God.
1: <laughs> I was that was a quick one. Wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, that's fun. Um, any of these role playing games you've are they like turn based RPGs? Are you playing like a Dungeons and Dragons type thing?
3: Right now I'm playing a game called Wasteland Three, which is I guess it would be considered a classic C RPG. Uh, which is sort hmm. of a top-down tactical game. It kind of feels like a point-and-click adventure mixed with an an XCOM-style combat game, and it just came out recently, and I'm loving uh-huh. it.
1: That's really interesting. Are the like point-and-click elements while you're in these the like XCOM sort of battles, or is that outside of the...
3: No, it's kind of like that's how you wander around the environment almost okay. a little bit. Uh, I guess it. It's similar to games like Baldur's Gate and Planescape Torment, which I never really played too much of, Mm -hmm. but this is the new sort of version of those games, and I'm having a lot of fun with it.
1: Awesome. That's very cool. Uh, Last but not least, I mean, third, definitely third ranked on deserving thanks, um, Oscar Montoya. How have you been? Are you doing okay? I know it's a weird question to ask right now, uh, but and what have you been enjoying is what I want to know. Um.
4: Hmm. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, you're welcome. And um, two time
1: champion, by the way. (laughs)
4: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the quarantine is, uh, you know, a lot. But the one thing that I will say about it is that it does keep me in the house all the time, always forever, because I wouldn't want to step outside. If I could, I would stay indoors always. Um, (laughs) but what it's really good at it's it's giving me the time to play games i wouldn't normally have time to play mm. so uh that's really fun and then sort of also like i i'm playing game like you i don't ever play current games ever cuz i'm so mm. back cataloged that i'm like playing some ps3 like <clears throat>
1: You're always catching up.
4: Yeah, I mean like frantically constantly catching up. And I'm still You're, doing that, but now if you were I, I in catch... rom
1: com about video games, Oscar, you'd always be walking around the office with too many game cases pressed against you and 100%. you would drop them. I'm just an Ugh.
4: Atari boy living in an N64 <laughs> world. That's who I am.
1: Wow. Uh you I've also, I gotta tell you, one thing I've really enjoyed recently is your uh soda reviews (laughs) 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 they are like usually about 20 stories long and normally (laughs) when a friend posts something like that i will check in for a couple and i'm gonzo Mm -hmm. i'm gonzo baby but i've just felt like sticking around and i i think it's probably a testament to you but also i'm like i want to know what this weird soda is about
4: yeah it's all weird i actually went today to the market because i ran out and um True story, I don't have a car, but a friend of mine who's in my pod was like, can I drive you to the market so you can do more of these videos? So he drove me wow. to the market, and <laughs> <laughs> I bought more Japanese soda to do <laughs> this dumb thing on Instagram. But uh, wow. hey, it, I, I'm ha- I'm having a blast. Listen, that was... Now that we can't talk to each other face to face, the internet is where we live, you know? Like this is it's what true. we've been doing uh like doing podcasts. I just started a new podcast.
1: Congratulations, oh my lord. Are you, you know able to mean? speak on it?
4: Uh it's it's a music video podcast. We we're not releasing it till like next month, but uh okay. it's uh me and uh Mano Agapian who you know, I think, right? Yes. Correct. Um,
1: Mono is someone that I have I've met a bunch, but I'm never sure if Mono remembers who I am. He because
4: remembers who you are. You should actually get him in this podcast. I'll, I'll okay. connect the both of you together. How about that? Yeah. All, all right. right. Um, but yeah, we're we're working. And honestly, like now, I've been I've been flirting with the idea of doing some sort of Twitch stream too, because I I'm like yes. very I, I'm I'm sort of scared. I'm like very um, you know, what you guys do is very. hard. Hard ice it's like very difficult um, But I really want to do it. I really want to do it, but I'm scared to do it if that makes I sense, I feel like
1: What you just said to us is probably the way that you felt way back when about trying improv for the first time and that's
4: true that's and true.
1: and now I mean, I can't say now. Look at you, because we're not on that stage anymore. But, but you were—you had become—you did, did it. You'd become it. not only just overcome a potential fear, but you thrived and were like someone that people just like looked to for so long on that stage. It's like, uh, just like a nice pillar. So oh, hey, so what I'm saying is, you're gonna take over Twitch, and if, we'll, we'll ride your coattails, guys. Okay, mm-hmm. No,
4: I mean, yeah? I think it's gonna be the other way around. Um, for the. <laughs> streamers the three of you what's like a piece of advice for anyone who's sort of starting or wants to start or wants to start but is completely terrified um what what would be a piece of advice you would give uh me that person any person not just me but me
2: i would say that it's it's to just like kind of expect that sometimes you're gonna be streaming to nobody and it's a it's a bummer when that happens but you just kind of have to keep the energy up as if you you are streaming to people and that will get people to stick around because most people are just going to pop in for a second and if you're just sitting there not talking not doing anything then they're probably just going to say see ya. so
5: Mm.
2: uh, and just don't be sad if it happens also because it happens to everybody
1: yeah that's great advice jake did you have any
3: um, my advice. And real would advice, be,
1: Jake. Okay, no
4: goofs.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you caught me. Put down um,
4: that rubber chicken, Jake.
3: <laughs> have a prop. My real, my real advice is to. I've found maybe this is just for me, but what Twitch feels like for me is playing video games back in the day. Where oh, you have. You're at your friend's house, you only have one console, someone's playing the game, and everyone else is kind of hanging out. And the vibe I really like is engaging with the chat and having a good time with them as if we're all in that environment again. So my big piece of advice is like, it's more of a hang than it is people there to check out how good you are at some video game. Unless you are the shit or something. But if you're like me, and you can barely even pay attention to a video game and talk at the same time, (laughs) I think the important thing to do is like hang with the chat and have a good time. That's what they're there for. Mm.
2: That's totally true.
1: Mm. Um, My advice would be, don't listen to a word Jake just said. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, I'm totally joking. Jake, I, I have to pick on you. Um, I've I, it's just it's gotta happen, Jake. But I w- Jake's advice. I knew, and I knew you were Kristen's gonna roast
3: me when I came on. I was like, <laughs> yeah. here we
1: go. You're ready for the 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 roast. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, great advice from both of you. I think I've I've experienced both of those things for sure. And then I stream a lot less often. I've I'm doing it a lot this week because I'm trying to get myself back into it and have like a routine. But I think that would be my advice: is like picking something that you think would be fun. To play uh, and to like discuss if you have a chat or at least something you would want to like think about yourself while you're playing so that it's not only fun but engaging. I found that games that have more going on, like a lot more quicker action, helps a lot too. Um, like I've streamed a few, surprisingly, a few baseball type games, and those have been fun because you are con- constantly having a new batter, a new pitch a new play. So there's always stuff to react to. So that makes it really helpful instead of having to invent stuff to really just like react to what's happening in front of you. And then second would be have like some sort of a uh, schedule for yourself. If you want to, even if it's like, I would say one day a week and then maybe you do two like that will probably go a long way as well. Hmm. Um, Cause it's advice. easy. Kind of like anything else. I don't know what you two would say, but especially the, first starting to do it even now for me if I don't I don't have anybody holding me accountable doing it so if I don't like set a schedule or something it can be easy to just like brush off and be like I don't want to do it today
5: mm. yeah.
2: yeah definitely uh, it's a, a schedule a schedule helped me a lot with streaming because it also helps when you start to pick people up um, that they mm-hmm. know when and where to find you so it's helpful to have
1: awesome uh well there you go oscar if you don't figure if you don't make it now it's your fault we no, gave you the advice it buddy
4: <laughs> thank you very much for being so candid uh, i yeah I will thank be, you i will be a famous twitch streamer then
1: i love thank it you. and you heard it here first folks um <laughs> well killer so um it was really awesome to hear from you guys i've been trying to like hear from and just talk to people more at the tops of shows since we don't get to do that anymore so freaking great job to start off um we have gotten to hear on my show the the regular feed, uh, video game histories for personal histories for both Jake and Oscar, um, Kristen. Since you haven't been on the show, I would love to hear from you, like your personal history with video games. Like, and let's start. Uh, as I said earlier, share as much or as little as you want. But let's start off. Like, when did you first take an interest in video games?
2: Uh definitely, as a kid. Um. I remember, like we ha- we had an NES, and I like to play it. But you know, when you're like too little to really understand uh, <laughs> what you're doing, um, the Genesis was probably when I first started getting super into it. Um, we we had we only had a handful of games, like some Disney games, but Sonic Two, uh, Sonic Two mm. was like me and my sister were hooked on Sonic Two, so that was probably when I when I when things first started getting interesting, and then from there I got a an N64, and uh, Ooh. and then I uh, from that, and then I had a PS2. But what, it, what I think what really like hooked me uh, is I'm actually not I I don't want to be one of those people, but I'm a PC person. Okay, I've been a PC gamer for most of my life. I've always had okay. consoles, but like the PC is my my bread and butter, and uh, that's a uh, that's definitely that's definitely what hooked me. in. I uh, I was super into Counter Strike. Uh, and a bunch of other half-life mods really counter-strike data feet team fortress classic like all that, that was like what me and my neighborhood friends played together. I moved middle schools in the middle of oh. seventh grade, which sucks. Uh, no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. It, well, Yeah. I mean, it was it, not the end of the world. Cause I played counter-strike and I found a bunch of kids that also played counter-strike. And that was how I found like my group of friends that I ended up being friends with through high school. So, um, Oh
1: my goodness. Yeah. Sounds like a game. You'll have to come on my regular show and talk about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd be happy to. Yeah. I could, I could, I they could talk about Counter Strike all day as well.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you've you're hooked on Counter Strike. I, I do have a question for you. Um, to rewind a little bit, was the Genesis and that those games that you fell in love with? Did you keep those your whole life? And are those the ones that you have still?
2: Yes. Yep. I have. Way that. to go. Yep. Uh, the only thing we don't have the NES anymore
1: because okay. that was
2: like before. I had a say in things <laughs> yes so that that and yeah, they cool. took it
1: to like a to a farm to live with the other NES exactly
2: yeah <laughs> it's probably glue now
1: oh man um but sorry to interrupt you but uh so you're on Counter-Strike this is a big thing had did you were you on the internet a lot too
2: yeah oh yeah I'm a I'm a child of the internet th- through and through I remember I, my first AOL account was kiddo889 because my dad called me kiddo, and I was eight years old, <laughs> and I was born in 1989.
5: <laughs> and I got banned
2: from AOL chat for 15 minutes and had a full-blown meltdown thinking I was going to be in so much trouble.
5: Oh, my. How <laughs>
2: did you get banned? I remember it clear as day. I, put, I I was in a chat room, and I typed a bunch of tildes in a row uh, and then typed in all caps, who farted? Because to me, as a little kid, that looked like a fart. <laughs> That's how you would draw fart. <laughs> and I remember the band was the band was so swift, and I started just crying. My mom comes into the like kitchen where the computer was, and was like, "What's happened?" And I was like, "I I got our AOL in trouble.
5: <laughs> the AOL's in
2: trouble." And then my mom like read the message on the screen, and they, her and my dad just cracked up and stuff. We were the AOL well, was not in trouble. Luckily,
1: what <laughs> an innocent thing for them to bring the hammer down on! Like, if only th- those mods could have known today how, what the internet is like.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It was that it, is so funny. It was it was a defining moment in Kristen history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so it was, uh, then uh, message boards. Uh, I was also I don't know if anybody knows Habo Hotel. Uh, I Mm-mm. was very into Habo Hotel for a long time, which is a very like. If anybody's listening that knows Habbo Hotel, they'd be like, "Oh my god!" And everybody else, complete blank. Uh,
5: yep. <laughs> it's just like a
2: <laughs> chat room where you had little avatars and you could like design your rooms with furniture and stuff like that. Oh, uh, oh. yeah. So
1: and invite like people could see your room, sort of thing. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was a cool. I was a DJ on Habbo Hut FM.
4: Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. is premier. it anything like Club Penguin? It,
2: kind of. It, it's that's the right idea, but it was it it predated Club Penguin, and it also okay. like. Um, didn't have chat filters and stuff and you could uh, so it's a little wow. more free than than Club Penguin <laughs> all I know that to these are real
3: children. but they sound like <laughs> fake names of things <laughs> <You> know, <Club laughs> Hotel Penguin. and Club Penguin no I know it's real <laughs> but I'm saying they don't sound real <laughs> Oh, do. and the, uh, do don't,
1: don't forget like Phantasma Gallery was even that topped it all for sure <laughs> right
2: yes I actually no I didn't I, I was not in that
1: that was a. I was just making uh, up a fake
4: one yeah, for Jay. Oh, cushion, Connor. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. We Put all it got down, our props. Connor. We got our props. Don't I
2: spiked it into the ground for you.
0: <laughs> Thank, Thank
5: you very Kristen. much,
3: Jeremy. Could you insert uh, Titus laughing hysterically? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just that whole scene, please. <laughs>
4: so let us let us just
1: be clear. Minute. 29 is how far it took us for to talk about the t- 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 <laughs> to walk a uh, laugh <laughs> uh so i keep interrupting you but you're on counter-strike what's going on after that
2: um after that uh through college i still just kind of kept i have a bunch of like i still have a bunch of internet friends um and i just kind of shifted to you know high school friends all moved away to different colleges and
5: mm-hmm. um
2: but I still played video games with my group of internet friends that I had formed, and I still play video games with a lot of those people to this day. Um, wow. So yeah, play played played a lot of stuff. I have a I had a PS4 mostly like Nintendo and Sony. Uh, there's a okay. lot of Xbox exclusives I haven't played because I would mm. I always bought those like late into the generation when they took price dips because there was never anything mm. I was dying to play on them. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I've, I've played i feel like i've played most big releases in nice. recent years but i'm probably missing a lot of stuff along the way but yeah
1: hey, it, you can't cover everything yeah. uh you truly even if you tried that would be an impossible task well last question for you have you played anything recently uh like a new a new game to you that you've really enjoyed
2: so a new game to me it doesn't have to be a new game
1: No, could be just new to you.
2: On a whim, I bought Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the Sega Genesis. (laughs) No way! I did not expect. I thought I was just buying like a goof game, and it was expensive. I figured it was just because it was rare. And I love Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. If you've never seen (laughs) gameplay of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, you have to. It's it's insane. Like your your attacks are that you like spin and throw stardust at people. You can hold the attack button down and you start an entire dance sequence with every enemy that's on the screen and that and then they all disappear afterwards the final le- the final level michael jackson turns into an airplane and like you fight someone in space yeah, there's a there's a thing you could trigger where he turns into a giant mech uh for a little it's it's like it's an insane game i can't believe that it ever got made uh it's apparently based off of there's a moonwalker movie have it's, you
4: seen that i
2: haven't i have to watch because it, it
4: is a the game is such a direct, it's the same, it, if you play the game, you've seen the movie.
2: Oh, dude, I, ha- I have to watch it, because it's, it's, I didn't, I fully didn't expect it to be good. It's so good. It controls good. well. And it, uh, the music is great. I mean, obviously, it's just Michael Jackson mov- music played into the Genesis, but it's, it's so good. It's.
1: Wow. I, have you been streaming that?
2: I did stream it. I, I uploaded, a, like, the playthrough to my YouTube, for sure. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I streamed it a bit ago. I thought about learning to speed run it, but the mm-hmm. last level is really hard. Like I couldn't, I, I don't think I could master that. Wow. More, so or is I don't it have like a, too. it's <laughs> like a,
1: is it a beat 'em up
2: type game? It's so the mission is there's, it's not necessarily a beat up. There's hidden children on each level and you have oh, to go find the go. children and rescue them from the evil Mr. Big (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then and then your monkey bubbles will show up and point you to uh, where you need to go next
1: like I said just to beat him up nothing else we need to know about the game (laughs) Uh, uh, well that (laughs) is so interesting I don't think I've ever known anyone that at least to my knowledge who had at least said out loud they had played that game so that's really cool yeah yeah it was a Um, big surprise
2: to me I was I loved it
1: awesome well hey thank you so much for sharing about your history Um, before we move on uh, to these fellas I'd love to know like can we get a brief history on like when you played your first Final Fantasy game is it a franchise that you since we're talking I don't even think we've said it yet but today we're talking I don't think I said it at all you guys
5: (laughs) (laughs) you you hinted at it
4: yes and
1: it's in the title the the people listening know we're talking about Final Fantasy 10 today uh, Kristen, um, when did you get into final fantasies? Did you, is it a franchise you love? Do you play everyone? What's like your depth of experience there?
2: Um, I have played every numbered final fantasy from four on except for five. Okay. Um, and I've played a few spinoffs as well. Um, I, fr- I got into it when, uh, when I was little in like my neighborhood friends they had, they all had PS ones, and they all had Final Fantasy seven and Final Fantasy eight. And when we would play, they would like it would be like, okay, well, I'm Sid and you're Cloud, and da, da 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 da, and I just played along. And they always made me Elena the Turk, by the way, which is now in retrospect very <laughs> <Mary> rude. Um,
0: <laughs> Not even a playable character. There's
4: Not even so a playable many character. characters they could have given you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, disrespectful. Yeah, absolutely disrespectful. Um, so uh, when. I never had a PS One though, so I never played any of the games. Uh, I would watch them, like how Jake said. Sometimes I would watch them play them, but that was like the 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 extent of it. And Mm. then I finally I got a PS Two, and Final Fantasy X came out, and I was like, finally my time to shine. (laughs) But then I don't think any of them had a PS Two, (laughs) so so you know it was it it was it was moot. So uh, Final Fantasy X was the first one that I really put my hands on, and then uh, from there. I was able to get like seven and uh, seven seven and nine used copies, and mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of just spiraled out of control from there.
1: <laughs> the rest is history. Yep. Uh, that is fantastic. Um, have you? I have, I have an important question on a game that we, the two of us, three of us talked about playing, which I totally regret buying. Have you ever played Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually I haven't. I didn't have a GameCube, and I was thinking about buying this uh, this this remaster that came out, and then I saw everybody talking about it, and I was like, maybe I'll wait till that goes on sale uh, instead. Yeah. And I I think I have made the right decision.
1: I think you did. Uh, <laughs> it, obviously, we didn't come on the show to talk about that game, but um, it there's a lot of reasons why it's been hard for me to even play it. I've tried it a few times, but well. For another day. um, Mr. Jake Sprague. Howdy. We've talked about your history with games. We know the important big bullet points for you. But I'd love to know when you first like got interested in the Final Fantasy series and how many you've played. Like, What's your depth of experience with this franchise?
3: I have played, man, so many of them. The only ones I really don't have much knowledge of are the MMOs, which mm. I just, I didn't get in early enough. So I feel like overwhelmed with them a little bit. And I also don't love MMOs in general. So I played Final Fantasy, the original one on the NES. I remember wow. playing, I thought it was really good. I didn't play two until years later. I don't even think it came out here. I can't remember it. Cause I remember I played one and the next one I played I think I played what would be U S two. I rented it from Mm -hmm. like a blockbuster or something, which I guess is actually four. Mm -hmm. And then the one that made me like a die hard final fantasy fan was final fantasy six. I played it when it was called three and it was just the greatest game. I've played that so many times. Uh, And then I started to realize I loved Square because I was like, oh, my God, they also did Chrono Trigger and Mm -hmm. Secret of Mana and all this stuff. So I just loved all their games. I kind of fell off because I didn't have a PlayStation. So I didn't play seven until I don't know, like maybe five years ago or something like that. Uh, I didn't play 10 until after that. I played a little bit of eight. Eight's always like I, I wish I liked eight. I just can't get it. I, mm-hmm. I try every once in a while to play eight and I can't do it, but I really love the series. I've played most all of them uh to completion. It sounds gross, but that's the yeah, how they that's how the games end when you complete yes, them. I'm and with you. uh yeah, I I really I love Final Fantasies. Like JRPGs used to be my number number one thing.
1: Oh, what what it changed over was it just like a lack of time?
3: Yeah, I think It is tough to have games that take 80 hours of time. And also, I do feel like (sighs) there was a point, and I'm sure there are lots of games that would prove me wrong, but I felt like in a rut with JRPGs where I was like, I can't do the same formula. I can't get put into a prison and have to escape again. Like, I can't do the same combat system. I just got a little burnt out. But then... You know, something will come out like Final Fantasy 15 came out, and I was like, oh, well, I love it. I'm having a great yeah. time. So
1: that's cool. Yeah.
3: Um, love them. I love the Final Fantasy series.
1: That's wonderful. Do you have a favorite Final Fantasy game?
3: Six, for oh, sure. Oh, six. You did say that, of course. For sure. Six is just so amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think for me, maybe four comes close. I think mm-hmm. seven's pretty brilliant. I loved 9 when I played it, but I haven't played it in so long. I don't remember much about it.
1: Mm. I also meant to ask you, do you remember why you bounced off of 8? Was it the, like, junction system? Was it the story and (laughs) characters?
3: It's – I really don't like Squall. He's the protagonist of 8. I think he's a very bad – for a little while, um, I swear – Square was thinking the best thing about a protagonist is that they're the worst person. You like wanna, you hate them. Like, I feel like Cloud is a horrible protagonist. Mm -hmm. I feel like Squall's a really bad protagonist. They started to turn it around a bit. And we'll talk about 10 soon, because I actually think they did better with 10, mm-hmm. but for a little while they were like, what if the protagonist is just like a dick, and he doesn't want to do anything, and he's always quiet. Like, yeah. is that cool? And he's also really pretty. Do we want that? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, no, I don't like this.
1: It's almost like Square was enamored with that archetype of of like badass, bad boy, mm-hmm. meanie character Like Hollywood can sometimes be obsessed And by sometimes I mean always Obsessed with like the white savior character like Oh in,
3: yes, uh, I love that Yeah, keep going <laughs> <laughs> Yes
1: Crazy Flip, you've watched all the white savior movies And they mm-hmm. are your favorite
3: I love yeah, them <laughs> Fix out to, that school <laughs>
1: Yeah, That's why you wanted me to talk about the green book on this show I couldn't remember Um Interesting. That's so cool. I, I knew that you had a love for Chrono Trigger. I remember you talking about that on my show And mm-hmm. 6. And um, 6, I think, is it's only a matter of if, or not if, but when we cover it on this show. Oh. Um, because I know it means a lot to a lot of people. It's not when I finished. I've only gotten, I've gotten to the World of Ruin and gotten into that. But that's as far as I ever got. Um Thank you, Jake, for sharing. Um, Oscar, you also have played Final Fantasy games. Uh, yes. What's your history with them? Do you have a favorite one? Have you played a lot of them? Talk to us, my friend. I
4: discovered them pretty late, uh, in the sense of like, I didn't. I the first, the earliest, the earliest Final Fantasy game I played was six. Um, so I'm not like a hardcore FF fan, I guess. Uh, but six is. Six is incredible. I mean, it's amazing. But I did have a PlayStation when it first came out. I don't know how, but I... I, I I'll be. I tricked my parents into getting me one. Um,
1: and <laughs> did you tell them uh, it was a like a toaster? Or you, yeah, like,
4: what did you, yeah. How did you do that? It's a new DVD player. I think <laughs> that's what I said. And then when it didn't play DVDs, I was like, I must be broken. I'll just take this.
1: Did that excuse work for the one that did have a DVD player? Or did they
4: not believe you? <laughs> well, when PlayStation Two came out, they're like, "Well, does this one have it?" I'm like, "Yes, it does. It does." <laughs> um, but I they. It, for forever place they had that little like sample packet with like all these games like oh, Crash yeah. Bandicoot and some motocross game I think I don't remember but Final Fantasy VII was one of them and I played it and I at the time I've never played an RPG before mm. and I sort of avoided RPGs because I was such a fighting game person uh that's like all I played was fighting games or like beat em ups or action or platformers um, so to me, it was like, oh, these oh, are going to take forever. Oh, my God, what is this? Your turn and then my turn? What? What's happening? <laughs> but, I mean, the thing that really impressed me from Jump was the damn graphics for Final Fantasy VII. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, they're making games like this now? Yeah. Super yeah. Mario who? I was like, <laughs> yo, this is the future. So I had to get it. And, of course, it came with like $12 million you know discs so i was nervous (laughs) but it was fun it was really fun and then i and because of that final fantasy 7 i played final fantasy 6 on an emulator that my friend had had yeah um and then final fantasy 8 came and then nine, ten. played 11 for a little bit but like with jake mobas were a little out at the time i was like not really feeling Mm. mobas uh never played 12 and uh, when I didn't play thirteen, and I had fourteen, Final Fantasy fourteen, and I had that, I played that for a long time and was very much into it. And uh, then I recent, I mean, I want to say like maybe a year ago, I started playing Final Fantasy thirteen, and it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm not that bad, okay? Like, what the hell? People are ugh. It makes me mad because it's like a game that I avoided because other people said it was such crap. But then when I played it, I was like, "Yo, this is not bad as a matter of fact, it's good. Not great. <laughs> good. Yeah. You know? But uh you know, my favorite Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy VIII, and I recognize that Squall is trash, and he is trash, but I think that's the point, point. <laughs> and it, I don't, it's so funny because I, when I play video games, I sort of always hate the main character. I'm never a fan of like the leaders in teams, yeah. like Ninja Turtles, Leonardo can go fuck himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jason the Red Ranger, Tommy the Green Ranger, the Power Rangers can go fuck themselves. Is it because they're boring? It's because they don't have personality, and yeah. it's like if you're, and that's why the silent protagonist is so prevalent in a bunch of RPGs, because you're spending so much time with that person. I think it's the it's the theory that I have that like this is why Link from the Zelda series can never speak, because yeah. if he Ooh. has a ounce of personality, people are gonna shit all over Link, and it's because they put themselves in Link, so they need to be as Paper thin, two-dimensional as possible. So to me, I like did not care about the like often male protagonists. as as a matter of fact, that's why I love 13 so much, is because lightning actually had a personality, right? Mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh but the reason why I loved eight is because the gameplay was so different from seven, and it just gelled with me. Like I totally loved, I loved the blue mage Aquistus. Oh, like yeah. I love the story. I love the villain. Like, I love the weird romance aspect of it. Like, it was great. And some of that is, is in prevailing in Final Fantasy X, which is another game mm-hmm. I'll, you know, that spoiler alert, I enjoy it very much. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, but to me, like Final Fantasy, the thing that I'll say about the Final Fantasy series is that it was my gateway to other JRPGs okay. that I like am obsessed with now. Like the Breath of Fire Series is like mwah, chef's wow. kiss. Wow, Jeremy, can I get a, can I get this, but not, but as a sound effect?
1: Yeah, make it Thank really, you. really uh, nice and really juicy, intense a nice and juicy
4: kiss. And also, Sweet Co- Sweet Coden is like one of my favorite JRPGs. But I wouldn't have discovered those if it weren't for Final Fantasy. Wow. So I'll okay. say Final Fantasy is like the weed of JRPGs. Yes. Sort of. Speaking about
1: gateway drugs, of course.
4: Mm, of course, yes, yes, yes.
1: Cool. Uh, well, thank you, Oscar. That's really that's really awesome. Uh, and I'm glad that someone stuck up to Jake and just said how that eight is great. So thank you very much. I know I like
4: eight. There's cool. problems with eight, but it's good.
1: Um, it is. It's the <laughs> we covered it on my show actually. David Danella. Uh, Oh, David! David Yeah, he. We covered that. way I think I in June we did that, but it was a great episode, and I'm fascinated by it. It's not one I've played. I'll use this time to pivot into my brief experience with. uh, Well, what I'll share is my brief experience with Final Fantasy. I the first one I ever played was Final Fantasy. You know, two in the U.S. but four in Japan, and because my friend, best friend, had it growing up, so I played that one, and that's the one I've probably spent. I've done the most playthroughs of it, but I've never finished it. I've famously, I have trouble finishing games in general, let alone uh, like big, deep JRPGs. For example, a, not counting the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, Final Fantasy X is the first Final Fantasy game I've ever finished. Whoa. Yeah. So I just and definitely. And what's ha- the reason
4: why you don't finish JRPGs? Or I games?
1: think. You know, I think it goes into, like, a deeper thing, discussion about, like, my like me and who I am, uh, but I think it probably comes from, like, having so much at your disposal, and like, if you come up against a roadblock, not having to, like, just hunker down and be like, this is the only game I have, or I don't have a lot of options, so I'm going to go with this, uh, whereas as a kid, I think I could just be like, alright, I'm not going to play it, which is a terrible attitude to have. Um, not that games can't be frustrating or difficult, but... Uh, so I really loved 4. Would play that at his house. It's not a game I ever had until I got it on like the Wii Virtual Console years later. Um, I played uh, 6 on an emulator in like junior high when I discovered emulation. Never finished it as well, but that one is also up there for me. I've played a lot of the classics too. Like 7, I've started maybe 3 or 4 times. This last January was my farthest playthrough. I got... All the way to, I got about right up to the point where the, where someone leaves your party for good, let's Mm. just say. So I got right up to that point. Uh, And then lastly, uh, but I stopped playing it because I found out that they had left my party, but they had all this good materia on them. And I was like, I didn't have like a save I could just go back to that was before I left them. So I was kind of not so motivated to continue. I definitely gave up. Um, I've played, uh, 7 Remake, of course. I loved 7 Remake so much. Um, and then this one, Final Fantasy X. And this is a game that I'll get into, like, the first time I ever experienced it. It wasn't, it was secondhand, but that's about it. So that's my history with Final Fantasy. Let's get into it. We're already pretty deep into this, deep into time on this show, but we have so much to talk about. So first, as... I told y'all up top, I'm going to give a little brief history and context uh, as we start. It's kind of just like bare bones stuff, but you'll see as we go through. If you want to interrupt at any time or share, you're like, hey, I think we need to spend more time on this thing. Please do. Um, Of course, we've got the meat of the show coming up, but uh, feel free to jump in. But I'll kick it off for us. So Final Fantasy X or X, as you'll see it written because the Roman numeral often, is an RPG developed and published by Square as the 10th entry in the Final Fantasy series. It was originally released for the PlayStation 2 on July 19th, 2001 in Japan and on December 17th, 2001 in North America. Um, I'll already stop it right there. Did... I don't think it, the three, any of the three of you said specifically or not, but did anyone play this game when it like right when it came out? Or... No, no,
3: I didn't play it when it came out. I watched someone play it when it came out, but okay. I didn't play it uh, until years later.
2: Not like immediately, gotcha. but I definitely mm-hmm. played it when like PS2 was a current gen console.
5: Cool,
1: gotcha. So, still within that, uh, within it, within the heyday of the PS2. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. I also. Of course, didn't play it until this year. Um, So in the
4: heyday of the PS2?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did buy a PS2 this year on eBay, so maybe it's coming back, y'all. Anyway, this game had several departures from franchise norms, including no longer using entirely pre-rendered backdrops, instead using fully three-dimensional models for the most part. Um, It was the first in the series to feature voice acting, did away with the ATB active time battle system and introduced the conditional turn-based system. I don't know if that's exactly what they call it. And also used a new leveling system known as the Sphere Grid. Um, for those of you who had played Final Fantasy games before this one, do you remember at all, um, which maybe this was... No, no. it wasn't just Oscar. Obviously, Jake had played before. But did you... Were any of these like changes in the franchise difficult for you to get over, or do you remember how you gelled with them? Do you remember anything like that?
4: No, well, I mean, I think a lot of the, the cool thing about Final Fantasy is that it keeps evolving. The mm-hmm. every like every sequel is different in terms of like, especially with battle and like leveling up and stuff. So um, to me, I and. You know, from Final Fantasy VIII, I embrace change. So <laughs> for ten, I was choice. just like, I'm, I'm down. I'm super down to learn this new, new way of battling and leveling up. Yeah, I thought the
3: sphere grid was really cool. I always like the different systems they put in for leveling. You know, it feels like every two games or so they bounce to some sort of job system, mm-hmm. and then they do a more traditional level, and then in ten and twelve. Like 10, they had the spheres, and 12, they had sort of that tiled grid that you'd move across. So, uh, yeah, I thought the sphere grid was really, really cool. I remember at the time it feeling like, whoa, this is so different, especially considering nine was so traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I thought, I've always thought that stuff's been really, really cool.
1: Interesting. I guess, Kristen, since like this was the beginning for you, um, not only in video games, but in life, Final Fantasy X was the beginning. Yes. <laughs> um, is there, do you, have you found after playing, especially since this was your first, that moving away from these systems into other ones was difficult? Or was it like, no, just kind of same as Oscar said, like change is fine and I'll enjoy
2: it? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Uh new systems i actually kind of like it because it always gives you it it helps you stay out of that rut that jake was talking about earlier um maybe not story wise but at least when you have a different mechanic it's something fresh um and i actually i'm not a big fan of job systems i think maybe that's the toughest one that i've had uh, mm. trouble getting it because i tried tactics and i was like i feel like i'm too dumb for this game <laughs> so uh because <laughs> that job system w- is pretty complex uh at least seemed like it uh but other than that no i i didn't have too much trouble adjusting to it um and i think that it's a i think it's because of the way that the turn-based works in that like it's still turn-based it's really close to atb you just don't actually have the active part of it yeah um, so that's why if people ever ask me like which final fantasy i think is a good entry point for them i'll always say final fantasy 10 because it's the perfect mm. midway point between uh the way battle kind of evolved into and then how it used to be to me at least
1: yeah i totally see that for someone who is still myself is still such a novice when it comes to uh final fantasy in general and jrpgs as much as i've played a handful now um, It was so easy to just get into, I think, for a lot of the reasons that you may be feeling right now. Um, Back to our little history and context uh, for the game setting and story is that set in the fantasy world of Spira, a setting influenced by the South Pacific, Thailand, and Japan, the game's story revolves around a group of adventurers and their quest to defeat a rampaging monster that when destroyed... Uh, returns is it specifically every 10 years or is it an unspecified amount of time
3: I think it's unspecified I think in Kristen you probably know this more than I do but I think it's like 10 years is one of the longer periods since it's been back I think
2: I've, my gut is telling me that maybe it is every 10 years but I don't know if it's just that it has been 10 years since their last calm in the game mm. um, 10 okay. years definitely stands out but I, I can't say for sure
1: gotcha I do remember thankfully having played it so so recently uh, that the I just know that the stories t- uh, between Yuna's pilgrimage and braska's are 10 years apart mm-hmm. um, but good to know so it's in return so it's this it's this evil like just absolutely all-consuming entity that returns every 10 years and basically the the summoner has to go and and defeat them, basically, and sacrifice themselves to save humanity. Um, in this story, though, the main, the well, the player character is, and the pronunciation is always all over the place. I always said Titus growing up, but I've heard recently on a few shows that like Titus is how you're supposed to say it. Any, Kristen, as the expert, and we're calling you the expert here.
5: Oh, Any way you <laughs> feel
1: about this?
2: Um, I always said Titus my whole life mm-hmm. until, like. Uh, even after playing Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts is where like they called him Titus out loud f- yeah. for the first time, as far as I know, like at, at least in America. I feel like, um, <laughs> but then like the voice actor has also gone on record and said that it's supposed to be Titus. But yes. I just it's so. I said Titus when I did my most recent playthrough, just because I didn't mm. want angry YouTube comments about how it's <laughs> pronounced. Um, but I, if if I'm just talking casually, I usually say Titus.
1: Oh, cool. So, what I'm feeling here is this is a safe space. We can call him Titus the whole show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. His name is okay.
4: Titus, but his friends call him Titus.
1: Yeah, of <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, good. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the team effort there, folks. Um, so, the player character is Titus, a star blitzball athlete who finds himself in Spira after Sin destroys his home of Xanarkand. Shortly after arriving in Spira, Titus joins the summoner Yuna on her pilgrimage to destroy Sin. Um, We have plenty of time to get into story stuff later, but is there anything else y'all felt like touching on for the story before we move on? Cool. All right. Uh, Lastly, for a little more history and context of this game's uh, creation is that development of Final Fantasy X began in 1999 with a budget of $33 million and a team of over 100 people. The game was the first in the series not entirely scored by Nobuo Uematsu um, because Masashi Hamauzu and Junya Nakano were signed on as fellow composers. Final Fantasy X was both a critical and commercial success, selling over 8.5 million units worldwide on the PlayStation 2, and on March 13, 2003, it was followed by Final Fantasy X-2, making it the first Final Fantasy game to have a direct Sequel. Was that a downward thumb? A game
4: for you, Kristen. For I, you, a yeah, big it was job a game class for me person. and my
2: my fellow women. I I hate Final Fantasy 10 do I could do a whole nother thing about Final Fantasy 10 Two.
4: It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I, I don't get it. I don't know who it was for. It's, it's for me. It's, as a gay man, I'm like, yes, this is like high camp. This opening intro was like, I'm on board. But when I played it, I was so
2: angry. Yeah, it's very Banetta in its tone. Like it, it yeah. has a lot of the same tone as Banetta, and which so I wouldn't have a problem of, of, with it as a game if it didn't just like shit on all the lore of Final Fantasy X. It's like, hey, this character you like? Guess what? They suck now, yeah. and you can't That's do nice. anything
4: about it. Apparently, but it does have there great is. Music. Like, there, yes, I fully agree. But there's a connection between Shinra, yeah, from X2 to the Shinra Corporation on Final Fantasy VII.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh. he says something about the. So there's this kid on the. So, sorry, this Final Fantasy tattoo, but on the on the ship, there's a kid who talks about that. He just like found a way to siphon energy from the planets, um, and his name is Shinra. So there's a, there's theories that that kid is. This, the one who goes on to found Shinra in Final Fantasy seven oh. and that they're in the same universe. I don't know that it's ever been formally confirmed, but I mean, it's there. It's I right mean, it's there, people.
4: But it's also for the two people you and I have played at Final yeah. uh, <laughs> Fantasy 10. <10-2. laughs> <Huh. laughs>
1: it's so funny hearing all this about it because I, I'm just I mean, I guess they were like, well, since we're remaking it, we have to package 10 with 10 too." like would people just maybe people wouldn't have bought Ten Two if they didn't do well, that?
4: Well, in the remake, isn't Ten Two like a download code, which is to me seems like we'll give you FF Ten and then we're giving away Ten <laughs> Two.
1: Maybe it is. I haven't tried to boot it up, which I play. I've played the remake, so I don't know. But that would make sense. That
4: felt like that vibe for me. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Like, please, please, just play this. Please, 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 please. Go ahead.
3: Please. I uh, think, and I could be wrong here, but I, after I played ten, I immediately put in ten two, and I was not having a good time with it at all. And I think I even texted Kristen like, <laughs> "Do I need to play this game?" And she said, "No, you don't. Nope. You don't need it. Wow. Please
2: don't uh, There is also a, uh, a. I don't know if you guys know. There's a sh- uh, like a novel. I, I don't know if it's a novel, but there's a story stop. that's officially canon. Uh, that's also supposedly very bad. Uh, I've never mm. read it because I don't want to. I don't want it in my brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if you're interested in further ruining things for yourself, you could go <laughs> read that.
1: Wow. Uh, dang. So I guess I guess I know. I don't have to play ten two now. Thank you. Now <laughs> I don't have to ask you out, off pod. I got my answer. Uh, well, wonderful. So that's just like a brief, very, very, very very brief history and context about this game. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on and dive in to the main discussion. Let's dive into the meaty part of the show. Um, before we get into what all of us love, I would like to still hear a little bit about the context of when each of us played this and really fell for it for the first time or really got sucked in. So Kristen, I know we sort of touched on it with you, but let's do it again um can you remind me how you came across this game or do you maybe you didn't even say
2: um so it was i knew about final fantasy just because my friends were all into final fantasy and yes. uh i didn't i didn't have a ps1 so then i had a ps2 and i saw um my mom and i used to go every saturday to blockbuster together and She'd pick out a movie for the family, and I'd get to rent a video game and avoid
1: the rush on Fridays. Go Saturday, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, so on Saturday, uh, so you know, I'd always pick something out. And I remember seeing like oh, a Final Fantasy game for PS2. Like finally, <laughs> finally, the one that I could play. And uh, I remember actually, I took it home, and I remember trying it and not really understanding. I was a big skip through the text, um like uh. when it was trying to tell me <laughs> how to do stuff. So I was really lost on the sphere grid. And I remember kind of just leaving it alone and not renting it again uh but then uh going back to it at a, at some point I, I can't pinpoint when i went back to it um but i definitely like got it for asked for it for christmas when okay. maybe that same year or the following year and got it and then um i don't know if it's the same for you guys but i didn't have like a ton of games for my consoles so yeah. you know you just I, from there i just kind of played it to death you know oh i'm sh-
3: oh, sorry <laughs> did
5: everything i what? could what's
3: that whoa was it a gong
2: <laughs> it is my mic stand which i frequently hear
3: you're muted right now jeremy let's get the motorcycle sound in here and yeah I, get
1: the motorcycle sound jeremy oh
2: sorry i just got back from a motorcycle ride um does it the, was oh, my does mic stand uh which oh. i frequently hit when i'm streaming as well and i bought a shock mount but it arrived broken so Oh, oh no! So now that's just a side effect. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I just played it into the ground. Did all the everything I could with it.
1: That's awesome. Uh, when you were really just sinking time into this game, was it that Christmas break, and was did it that extend into like school? Do you remember anything about that?
2: I I couldn't tell you like the specific time. I definitely it had to have been during some sort of break period because yeah. I I distinctly remember that sometimes when my parents weren't home, I would move my PS2 out into the living room and put it on like the the bigger TV. And I remember like my dad coming home and being like, "Is that guy throwing a ball at the other guy? Why don't you just go now? He's just standing there, you know." So like, I I have those memories of like my dad coming home from work and I had been playing it. So uh, and if I was home during the day, that probably would have been some sort of break. So probably yeah, yeah, winter break or
1: okay. That's cool. I like for me winter break. Well, back when it, when, you know, school was a thing and you had like an actual structured break like that was the golden time for video games. Of course. So was summer. And I, if spring break was happening, same thing. But for some reason, there's something about the winter and just, this is not a, like a new idea at all, but like, it's an excuse to just stay at home and just sink all the time you want into a game and be lost in it. So, uh that's why I was sort of asking but that's really cool um have you I know you said you played it quite recently how often have you how many times have you played this game and was there anything memorable about those times
2: um I have replayed it I I've I've probably played it through in t- in its entirety at least four times wow I've restarted it but like I'll, I'll always like restart it like at the urge and then Fall off or something like that. So I've played it more often than that. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of, I guess for me, the, my, not to like jump too far ahead or spoil anything for anyone, but I guess one thing that stands out from my first replay when they released the remaster is uh, it had all the international content that we didn't have mm-hmm. before in PS2. So here I am thinking, like, oh, I'm going to just go get this collectible real quick. I know right where it is. Uh, boom walk straight into a dark aeon and i was like oh okay well this shouldn't be that bad get murked absolutely destroyed (laughs) uh and And that's when i was like oh okay now there's like more for me to do that i haven't done so
1: oh that's great although i still
2: haven't beaten those dark aeons they're way too hard (laughs) (laughs)
1: i can only imagine Uh, we'll get into it later but i was like as like vanilla of a playthrough of this game as you could possibly do um that's awesome well thank you for sharing uh a little bit of your personal history with this game uh jake you my friend i also want to hear from you and can you dive into anything you might remember that was special to you about when you played this game also
3: yeah, I was ch- just trying to think about that. And I actually think I do remember when I played it. I can't remember like the exact year or whatever, but it was when I was first coming out here to LA. Okay. And I didn't have any friends or anything out here. I was just getting into comedy and stuff like that. And I remember having some downtime and thinking, I'm going to play some of the final fantasies that I'd never had the chance to beat and I started with seven and then I played ten uh like nice. so I beat seven then I beat ten I think I tried eight at that time didn't work out no big deal <laughs> um, but yeah I just I didn't have Give it another chance to, to. Do. come on I and I was actually texting Oscar about this a while back I gave it another chance on the switch recently and it oh. fell off again oh. but anyway uh 10. I uh, yeah I played this must have been like five years ago maybe six years ago or something like that uh, and I played it through all the way I would also say a pretty vanilla playthrough I don't know mm-hmm. I, I guess I feel like I did a lot with it though yeah and that's cool. that was the environment around me playing that
1: I love it um you I I also want to touch on something that you spoke on earlier and I totally forgot to ask was like you said that you first experienced this game by watching someone play. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that at all? Because I would love to hear.
3: Well, yeah, that's just the classic. Uh, my friend, uh, this is my uh, buddy Mike, who I uh, grew up with. He had a PlayStation. And I Mike. did not. Cowboy, Cowboy Mike. Mike, thank you. Uh, he had a PlayStation. <laughs> he had a you know horse saddle, the whole thing, but he could ride a horse without a saddle. <laughs> um, so yeah, he uh, he was playing ten and. It, it wasn't as in-depth as I've watched someone play FF7. Before I beat FF7, I saw someone play the entirety of it. But okay. I saw him play a lot of ten, and I always thought it was pretty cool. I thought the battle system looked pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, so that was just, you know, hanging out in my friend's room. I was probably on a Game Boy or something like that, mm-hmm. and he was playing Final Fantasy ten.
1: That's so cool. Uh, Oscar, what about you, my friend? Was there anything memorable about, like, the first time that you played this have you played it since uh and anything that you want to share i'd love to
4: hear about the very first time i played it i played it much later uh when it came out but i do remember i got i was playing it in college um because my roommate in college, freshman year of college we were both the straight edge kids <laughs> on campus and so all we, we were known as just like the gaming dorm. Like That's we would, right. We had a Dance Dance Revolution. And people would come, not to brag, but people would come to our room to party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With the two straight edge kids because it was a great edge, spot. Exactly. Uh,
4: but uh, one of the, uh, you know, we we had a Final Fantasy X and my, my roommate Jesse owned it and I've never played it before. So I was like, oh, I'll try. I'll try it. And it was so it was so fun because like you got to I, I got to experience it for the first time with someone who's played the game before. And there's always something really, really cool about that. Cause mm. like the moments that like shocked me. For some reason, the, the moment that sticks in my head as like <gasps> was such a big deal for me was um Kimari. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while, so I don't remember. When Kamari, you realize Kamari's like the runt? Yes. Oh, yeah. And he's like little compared to the other, uh, what are they called?
1: Oh, Ronso. Ronso. Ronso.
4: Ronso. Like that t- That shook me to my very core because I was like, oh, What? And he gets bullied on all the time. Anyway, whatever. So seeing that and my 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 roommate Jesse making fun of me for that, like that was really <laughs> dope. I remember like truly like, you know, running out of breath, like literally losing my breath <laughs> the first time I saw Lulu um, because I was like, oh, wow. Now that's a woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the hair, right? That's what you're referring to? It was to? the
4: hair. Or the I belt. I loved her hair no she had well she had I I mean I don't want to talk about I mean sure let's talk about I mean to me the fashion is the reason why I love FFX so much Mm, and Lulu specifically is like the most amazing I, I I'm also a drag performer so like I'll look at someone like Lulu and be like I want an outfit like that. Yeah. But then realistically looking at Lulu and being like, okay, there's like weird fur, <laughs> like a weird fur trim like that starts at her nipples cuz yes. it like it goes way down. And then you have like this like tight corseted leather kimono top yeah. and then a belted like hoop skirt. Do you know how heavy and noisy that would be, realistically speaking, there's no way that would be a real outfit, ever.
1: It's amazing to me that her evasion is so good in this game. I mean... <laughs> with that, all ah, that.
4: Ah, ah. Uh, but to me, I was just like so obsessed with all of it, and having somebody else watch me experience that was really fun.
2: On the drag gonna... Final Fantasy X front, Rockam Sakura and uh, the French queen from the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race, whose name I can't remember, uh-huh. just did a Final Fantasy X fashion video. Stop it! Yeah, like a week what? ago. What? <laughs> so no oh, homework shit. for after the after Hell the podcast yeah.
4: <laughs> i
0: guess you've got I yeah
4: they have made it i wonder if there's a i want to i need to do my research to be as to see if there's any cosplayers that have done lulu and what it looked like Actually, oh i'm, I'm sure
1: there's plenty of cosplayers who have that's my guess uh well cool um did maybe I can't remember if I cut you off. Did you get to share what you wanted to, Oscar? Or have yes. you revisited this game recently? At uh, all?
4: yes, when it came out on I actually re- replayed the game when it was on Vita <laughs> R.I.P. Oh. Um, and I played all of FF10 that way. This was like five, six years ago. Okay. When it came out. I don't remember yeah. how long that remake came, but uh yeah, I played it and I enjoyed it very much.
1: Okay. Very cool. Um I kind of have a similar experience to Jake. Uh, My best friend growing up had, I never had a PS2 until literally this summer, Um, but his family did. But this was a console that lived in his older brother's room and the GameCube lived in his room, which, you know, just makes sense. Like little kid gets the GameCube because it's a baby's toy. Uh, I love the GameCube. Um, But this was a game that I didn't, I don't remember playing very much. He, I'm sure my friend let me play, but I was just so okay to watch him play this game because I had never seen anything like it before. Like, the graphics and the FMV scenes, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, just kind of blew me away. And were. it gave me a similar feeling that I felt when I first saw the opening uh, sequence for Super Smash Bros. Melee. Like when I first saw that, and it's it was another like FMV sequence, and Mario is the sta- is the trophy, but he starts to turn into Mario. Like I rem- I my, he famously makes fun of me because I as that happened, I said it's like a movie, and <laughs> I was just so into it. So Final yeah. Fantasy X filled a similar void, and uh, just as far as like uh, it was so fascinating to me, and. Having not played a lot of JRPGs, it was really cool. And another thing I remember was that they, it wasn't like winter break. It was the summer of 2002. So this was the game my friend kind of played all summer. So I would gradually, we spent so much time together. When I would go over there, I would just be like, well, what's happening in Final Fantasy 10? And then not until my, like this playthrough that I just did, did I realize how much of this game I actually saw, like and i may have actually seen the final boss in this in when he played i remember well not the, technically not the final boss but uh braska's final aeon ject i remember i at least seeing that image i was like i've either googled this or i watched my friend play it so but yeah until i played it this summer i never really had any experience with it it but truly immediately it it had me hooked as much as early on in the game is so heavy with story. You don't get very much time to like just start battling and going through an area, which is always really fun. I love those sorts of loops. It takes a while to get into it, but that said it got me immediately, which is why we're here, which is why I texted uh, Jake and Oscar. And then Kristen, you came into our lives and we're so fortunate. Um, So, great. that I feel like we've gotten to share a bunch of history and context for our, our personal experiences with it. If more stuff comes up as we talk, let's share. But let's get into the things that we love about this game. Sorry,
4: I will say I just Googled uh, Lulu cosplay. Yes, oh good. It looks, me- it looks messy. Oh just
5: no. Just like the gravity
4: of the belts, it, it just yeah. it just doesn't work. It doesn't, the physics of a real life Lulu costume just mm. does not work.
1: Maybe you need to get if someone like,
4: can find a, an awesome Lulu cosplay outfit. Let me know. Hit me up.
1: Uh, you could maybe just make like fake belts that are like not leather. They but could you be can't. lighter. But,
4: see, they look they, they look look they cheap, look Connor.
1: See, I uh, don't want that. I don't know what I'm talking about. You
4: want the clink clang of the belts of the metal, you know things.
1: Oh, you want to hear Lulu come in before she,
4: exactly, before her little cactuar figurine kicks <laughs> that, your ass. Which ended up
1: being the final, uh, the last or so weapon that I used was a little cactuar version mm. that I customized. Um, but again, let's get into it. Uh, I've got, like I said, y'all, a bunch of like bigger things that I want to discuss, but does anyone have anything that like sticks out to them that they really want to start talking about? And if not, I'm ready to go.
2: I mean, I'll see if I'll, I'll save mine for if you ha- if you don't get to it, I feel like <laughs> my oh, is it?
1: Do you want to like, like my main about
2: the main something? theme of Final Fantasy 10 that I really like basically is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just just get into it. You know, I, yeah, I really please. like the like, hopefully, hopefully nobody here is super religious, but I really like the like anti religion mm. as an establishment storyline, yeah. like not necessarily anti religion, but like. The religious establishment and i feel like uh that's something that i liked as a kid and then as i got mm-hmm. older i really liked it even more <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, yeah the nah. manipulation of religion i thought was uh, was interesting like how corporations will try to i mean honestly a lot of that rings true to like where we are today even yeah. with sort of like you know what is a higher power like how do they filter news to the mass to the masses to make them believe that something that is completely unnecessary is essential you know yeah, yeah, and then
2: finding out that you know everybody's a everybody's a hypocrite and the people that you persecuted for forever the albed are actually like they were the right all along and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know you've you've destroyed their you've destroyed their well-being and their lives and uh, kept everyone down for your own profit you know mm. i uh I think that that is just something that I've always really loved about it. And I think that's probably why it's my favorite storyline out of all the Final Fantasies.
1: Yeah, that is something that grabbed me quite immediately. And let's kind of I'd love to get into like some details about it, too. So uh, as we said, the main character in the story who says, this is my story. It's my it's my Titus Nailed impression. It. Thank you so much. Uh, Then just wait till I get to Waka, everybody. Um, uh, But Titus comes from a completely different world, uh, which we will—I think—we'll get into like the logistics of it and what we think and stuff that I've heard recently that's made me feel better about it. Um, But he comes from a different world from Xanarkind, where. This is not, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kristen. Kristen, by the way, you're in charge of correcting any of us if we're wrong oh, on this episode. Excellent. Um, no pressure, but feel free. It will do great um, for my
2: representation for women. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> they'll be like this person on this episode corrected them all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, we asked her, so le- leave her alone. Uh, was so Titus. Titus comes from there. I did it. Zanarkand, which is not a place where the faith. And this religion Yevin uh, are a thing at all? So it's shocking to him when he shows up, and all these people are this is like their everything almost.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're using they're using symbols from his past, like the 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 Blitzball victory thing. Yes. like they that's like their prayer, and the yeah. hymn of the faith is is like an old song from his time so it's like Mm -hmm. it's shocking because it's it's something completely unknown but also to to see that they've taken bits of what he knew and they've just become these entirely different symbols and to kind of have to be like that's not what that meant when i was (laughs) when
1: i was alive especially because it's like they're taking secular uh like gestures or this song in an instance and making it uh like a religious thing. Um, yeah, well, they're
4: like glorifying the mundane. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah. If someone were to be like in a civilization all the way in the future, would like look at our, you know, and be like, oh my gosh, everyone say your prayer. Man, I <laughs> and feel then like they a dab. woman. <laughs> and then they <laughs> dab! Exactly. Yeah. That part I might be okay <laughs> with. Yeah. Praise be
2: to heaven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they
1: may have gotten me Don't to join. Yeah.
3: No, no. I'm. I'm just thinking of being in the future and being like Los Angeles. Los Angeles was destroyed a thousand years ago, and everyone dabbing and shit. And I'd be like, No, I don't want to be Titus.
1: And uh, it's a uh, uh, del- uh, the Cardi B WAP song is the song they're using for the WAP. Just
3: say WAP. What are you
4: doing? WAP. <laughs>
1: WAP. <laughs> um. Uh, it's it is interesting that that also sort of gets us into like the whole in the story Titus is, when he shows up in Spira after Sin attacks Zanarkand, um, he's supposedly trans transported like a thousand years into the future so he time travels and anyone who hears him talk about Xanarkind kind of treats him like he's crazy like what do you mean that place was destroyed a thousand years ago. Um, so it's especially shocking that this religion is just such a part of uh of these characters lives like yuna is a part of yevon she's a summoner so she's also like a point a uh, point of reference but really like a leader uh, in, in some ways or like uh, how would you describe her in the church of yevon Kristen? is She's like, I mean, because she's a summoner, she's a part of it. And she adheres to all the teachings and the uh, rituals.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's maybe not necessarily like a leader, but definitely like a, a f- like a figure, like an icon, almost a f- yes. like, like a K-pop That's idol. Cool. She's like a K-pop yeah. idol of the church, uh, ah.
5: <laughs>
2: you know, where people, you know, people will see her and they're excited to see her, but they're not necessarily uh, looking to her for like, you know. I guess not like a priest where you would go talk to them, but
4: yeah. you'd be excited she's to like see a, them. She's like a missionary, you know what I yeah, mean?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good
1: comparison. Totally. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um it does,
4: like, cleansing and then, like, mm-hmm. converts people. people are, yeah, like, yeah, because people from other, yeah, they'll be like, oh, whoa, so-and-so just came to this village to teach us the ways or whatever.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, they also, with this... Uh, You were saying, but, like, as we get into the story and deeper and deeper through the end of it, uh, we learn that this – it becomes a major plot point that Yuna is on this pilgrimage to – this will probably help if I set it up a little bit – is Yuna's on this pilgrimage because, as we said earlier, every few years or so, when Sin returns after being destroyed, it's up to – a summoner, and I think it's not just one, but several groups will make these pilgrimages. Like we meet a few, I think, in the game. Um, it's up to them to go and destroy sin, but they ultimately sacrifice themselves. So she's on this like selfless journey. And when Tita shows up, of course, you know, he gets caught up in it and wants to join as a guardian for her. But we also see the like walls of this
2: institution
1: that is Yevon sort of. I mean, absolutely come down by the end.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, yeah.
3: And something that you mentioned that I do think is a, a very cool moment for the game is you don't find out or Titus doesn't find out right away that she has to sacrifice herself. Yes. So he's kind of... Like, woohoo, life's good. Like, after the whole summoning thing's done, what are you going to do? Like, he's asking her lots of questions like that and stuff. And nobody has the heart to be like, is anyone going to tell this blonde idiot what we're doing here? Uh, It's it's a very cool moment because it does change a lot for Titus as well. He's like a classic fish out of water. He knows nothing Mm -hmm. about this world. And now he's realizing he's on a suicide mission, which I think is a very cool... Uh, moment for this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to remember the moment where Yevin really falls apart uh, as far as like where it's very clear that, okay, I feel like early on, especially with like Seymour's meddling and the way he's acting, we definitely get the sense that like all is not pure with this faith or with this organization sort of, as you said, Chris, Kristen, like as an institution and But what is the point in the game where it's like, okay, yeah. Like we know for sure we've seen them commit like an act in front of us. Is it, I'm trying to remember.
3: Isn't it, and and I might be wrong here. Open to correction, but (laughs) I remember a big moment is when you realize that not only Seymour, but also someone else has been dead and has refused to be sent. And then you're like, oh, these people are not playing by the rules at all. They're like living. Final Fantasy X has this thing where if you die and you're like, I don't really want to die. <laughs> I kind of want to stay here for a long time. You take a nap. You can you can not die basically if you're powerful enough and you resist it and don't get sent by a summoner? I, I think that's kind of right. Is I that think kind you're of right. right? Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah, that's accurate. Um, I yeah. I think the f- maybe when you also get to the Bevel Temple. Uh, to the Cloister of Trials, uh, yes. that's also a, a big one, uh, because up until that point, like, you've had a couple of snide comments from Seymour and from Keenock, uh, mm-hmm. the bald guy, the monk, um, yeah. and so, you know, you know those guys are corrupt, but then you go into the Cloister of Trials at the Bavel Temple, and it's all Machina, like, the entire thing is made from, from Machina, which is supposed to be forbidden, so... That's when you're like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> and I think even the characters comment on the fact that it's yeah. kind of like a do as I say, not as I do type situation. Uh, that's I, th- I, feel like that's one of the the big moments, and that's pretty close to I think at the end of that is really when you find out that those guys are unsent.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, and you also find out that like Seymour, who's supposed to be, I mean, I think he is like a figure in this Church of Yevon, uh, that he killed his father uh i don't remember that character's name but we keep learning these things driscoll (laughs) thank you oh Driscoll, thank you well we keep and i think we when we learn this someone else it's drawn to like someone else in the in yevon's attention or in the faith's attention and they're like i keep saying the faith that's the faith are like the god things right
2: yeah they're the ones they get the summons from
1: Yes, I keep saying the f- mixing those two interchangeably, so I apologize. But Yevin, uh, there's some figure that I think n- learns that he's that he killed his father and is kind of brushes it off. So you well, Seymour a- is
4: like so direct about it. He's like, Yeah, I killed my dad. So what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he's like, Yeah, it's for the greater good or it's for this journey that he's on. So there's a lot of like justification that you see the church do that they keep justifying these things that I think the characters have been told forever that are forbidden or not allowed. So there's distrust for a long time, but then eventually kind of explicitly, as we said, you learn that it's poo-poo is what it is. (laughs) Um, Something that I found particularly interesting about this aspect of the game was a moment that happens late in the game. And that is something that I thought uh this might sort of lead us into like st- some story discussion stuff potentially um i thought this was interesting when or it was one of the moments i appreciated the most when you're a you go to unalesca and she basically tells you that like no yeah you're at the point where y- uh yuna's gonna have to pick her final aeon you'll go up against sin and the cycle will repeat itself and the group f- i think decides that like well what if we don't do this what if we don't cast a final aeon? on like can we break this cycle that we're in I I don't know why I didn't see that coming but I didn't Uh and I thought it was so great does anybody have any th- any way they feel about that part or anything they liked
3: I wish I could remember exactly that moment if I'm being honest I'm not remember I, I remember they decide not to do it and they have to fight her right yes yeah
1: she becomes like mm. a th- Two or three part boss, I think, right
4: there. Yeah, three parts. She's like that big Medusa looking. That's like one of her transformations, if I remember correctly. But what are the other ones? I don't. And she
2: can full party wipe you (laughs) in one move, which is always is that one.
1: What's how does she does she like make you give you zombie and then like try to cure you? Is that what happens in that part, Kristen?
2: Yeah, that's one of the things she does, and then she also just casts like multicast death. So yes. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't have your stuff set up right, it's a uh, it's a real bad time because it's like in the third phase that that happens too. So
0: that's right
2: all your time that, down the drain.
1: That was one of the enemies and bosses in the game that I was I mean, as you get a certain way into this game, you keep having these bosses with multiple phases and you grow to expect that you're gonna see a couple. but I think that was maybe one that after I beat, I think it, no I think it was sin at near the end when you have to go into sin. Where there were so many parts to it that I was like, can I just beat this boss and like move on? Like there were save points between that one, which I thought <laughs> was so surprising. But I but eventually ended up being worth it. Um, Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up, Chris. And I think that whole I think we covered a lot of like the, the parts about like the religion and the as an institution in that game. Was there anything else you wanted to share um, about that specifically?
2: No, no.
3: Well, oh, Sorry. Oh no! Uh, I was just thinking it does tie in really strongly with Waka and like what he's oh, got course. going on because that's sort of his entire his identity is breaking down when he's learning about what's really going on with the church and because he's kind of a he's a racist yeah. through most of the game towards the Albed <laughs> yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh, and then he starts to realize through all this that oh he's been fed a bunch of lies. Uh, And kind of like with, you know, racism in general, he's just like, oh, it's kind of like this ignorance that I've been a part of. And he's he's realizing that through it. I think Waka has a really interesting journey throughout the game. Definitely. And uh, it really connects to the church. Well, part of it is like
4: he because his (coughs) brother leaves to join the Albed, if I remember correctly.
2: He uh, he joins the Crusaders who use oh. who use machina though
4: so it's right. the, that's the same mm, idea. Yes, and he like turns down the sword. Yeah. Yep. That's like so important oh, to Waka. So he's taking this sort of like generalization because he's been wronged by his brother, and that's like his whole reason to hate the Albed so much. So yeah, there's a really great redemption story, and you know you don't really get that with a lot of peripheral characters in a lot of In some JRPGs, where you're Mm -hmm. like, it's all about the protagonist and the love interest slash one other characters, and everyone else is sort of just like do 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 do, working (laughs) too. But not with this game. Everyone really has like purpose. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and it's this. It's not, of course, only Waka who like buys into it. He probably buys in the hardest and is the most like uh, convicted in his faith which is why he like lashes out at the albed all the time and riku but the whole party for the most part is like following this too except titus who's like i don't know what's going on uh this is new to me um in fact there is a moment where waka i think learns that riku is albed and then that yuna is part albed and he's like well but I didn't know that about them before and it was fine, like sort of or maybe it might not even be Waka it might be Titus that says that to him that like, well, it wasn't a problem before So, and he kind of has like a it's a very basic moment of oh, I was being racist, but like it was something and it was something that like I appreciated in this game as well, like I don't think I've played games that really touch on that
3: This is why I wanted you to watch Green Book (sighs) Ah
1: gosh she's you know what i'll admit i'm a little closer to watching it jake uh maybe <sighs> let's it's more, get those
3: motorcycle sounds jeremy <laughs>
1: it's more up my alley than i think yeah <laughs> um well cool so uh there's so much more to discuss i'm gonna give us something to talk about right now this is the thing about this game that kept me hooked hooked that kept me hooked
3: uh, hook, 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 There's
5: the
1: hook. hook. Uh, nice, Jake. Um, this is the thing that I love the <laughs> I most do. about this game that was so, I thought was so engaging. Mm-hmm. It goes without saying, and that is the battle system in this. I absolutely adore. I adore it for so many reasons, um, but before I share any of those, does anybody have anything that they particularly love about this battle system?
2: I love being able to hot-swap your characters. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's the best. So it lets you. It adds like a whole other layer of strategy, and the fact that you can see the order that people are going to go in, in tandem with that, like it just, it really helps, uh, helps you understand things and plan things out. And it's a it's a great feature.
1: Yeah, it's like I mean, oftentimes in a in a JRPG or an RPG like this, you will of Course, be penalized for taking a care swapping a character out. That is essentially the turn. Like, I mean, if you if for all the pokey heads out there, um, and Pokemon, uh, if you swap out a character, that person that character will take like will be subject to the next attack of the opponent. That is your turn. Whereas this turn, it I feel like it started off as like, oh, great, I can like put the appropriate character in to you know that has the weakness of the enemy in line. So whether it's like, oh, it's a, it's a shell character, so I'll throw in Orin, or it's a magic weak character, so I'll throw in Lulu. But also, something you said, Kristen, made me think of this, that by the end, there's also strategy to who and when you throw out and what like buffs and debuffs you might use. Or specifically something that I wanted to make sure I said was, near the end of the game, when I would like, when I was really adept, I feel like, at the battle system and I had a handle on it, if I knew a character or the enemy was one hit away, you could see their damage, uh, they only had so much health left, I would always throw out, like, Riku and Steel, and then make sure I have one more turn to have, like, Orin like, blow him away or something like that. So another small little, that's like a pattern I started to get into, but Oscar and Jake, um, how do you feel about the battle system?
3: i thought the battle system was awesome and yeah it's because you can swap in your characters a lot of my one my favorite final fantasies have these great cast of characters lots of final fantasies have an awesome cast of characters but in you know a game like six they're like 15 <laughs> characters <laughs> yeah. there's so many people and you want to use them all but you realistically have a party that you travel with most of the game and this was so nice because you have all these people that you want to use and you do kind of gravitate towards like your crew i think for the most part but you're always swapping people out so it feels like you actually get to use everyone which is pretty rare for a lot of jrpgs with a big bench of people totally
5: Anything
3: yeah i think also
4: like what's frustrating with a lot of jrpgs is you feel like the cards are stacked against you in some way or mm-hmm. like the enemy is keeping something hidden from you or like the game is trying to trick you with something but with the system of like knowing the order and who's going where like you all the cards have been laid out for you you know so like you feel like someone isn't trying to trick you the game isn't trying to trick you by doing some shady ass move you know like every you're giving you're getting all the tools at your disposal, and it's up to you to use it to your advantage, which literally relies on your strategic mind. Like, anything is solvable. Nothing feels impossible. And I so, can't say that about every, every JRPG.
1: I'm with you. Um, and also, full disclosure, you're someone who's just scared of getting tricked in all scenarios, not just in RPGs or battles, right? <laughs> you're always scared of getting tricked. I knew I it. Do.
4: Yeah, being paranoid is my personality <laughs> quirk.
1: Awesome. I, I, I had a feeling. Um, <laughs> uh, you touched on a couple things that I'm, uh, that really stuck out to me too about the battle system is that, um, even I feel like in most games, like you swap out. Let's say you were like, all right, I need this one character in, so you swap them out and you take damage. That one hit in this game feels like it could always be a big deal. Like even if I, this game was one that didn't bother me as much if a battle would go down to like the final strikes or final hits between yourself and your enemies because I always felt that yeah you could build the battle almost how you want in some cases depending on what you're fighting uh Oscar and Kristen have also referred to the like you can see the order for those of you who haven't played this game on the side of the screen there's like a little column and you just see whatever character is uh you see the order of the characters including the bosses and other enemies that are in that battle so you're like okay for example if at the beginning of the battle i've got like lulu titus and let's say orin out there titus is usually pretty quick so i'll throw on a status effect like cheer did you guys find yourselves using like cheer or focus with lulu up top because i ask this because often like you that turn, your next turn comes quicker.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hands down. No, so I, d- awesome. I never
2: use buffs I'm like that's why I, sh- I just recently no played Final Fantasy 4 but I played the DS version and oh. uh I was getting my ass handed to me because I never use I you don't I, play buffs like only if I need to really uh-huh. but like um and then just so you know if you're going to play the DS version of Final Fantasy 4 you need to uh
5: <laughs> <that's> <laughs> so, to
2: uh, I was I that was a big struggle for me I, I neglected a lot I tend to brute force
1: yeah, I did that like at the beginning of this game. But I think I want to say it's about 12 hours in. And I say that because like I specifically made a save. And it's one of the older ones. I don't keep a lot of saves. You know, how you can like save so many times and you, or you could just save over the one thing. This isn't this isn't that important. But do y'all make a ton of saves? Or do you save like one? What do you do?
2: My,
3: my save files are mess. I have
4: like ten saves. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. I keep it at
2: one. Oh my god. One or two. What if you get stuck? What if your file gets corrupted?
4: I'm fucked. That's a risk he's <laughs> willing to take. Living
1: life uh, on the edge. I I save like every so often. I think in like seven remake, I ended up with five saves by the end. But like, I would just save over one for a long time and then decide, okay, I can sue a new save and it's time to move on. Uh, for whatever reason, I did the same thing kind of here. I ended up with like four saves. Um, uh, that's not that important, but yeah, the battle system was so great. The buffs I did use, especially as the game went on, I like went crazy with those. Cause if in a turn, like if Lulu can use focus and then she gets another turn before the boss, the enemy, I always say boss, but the enemy comes up, like, of course I'm going to do that. Um, and I think those buffs helped me a lot. Um, also talking about the battle systems, there are overdrives, which I thought were uh in some cases absolutely fantastic. And in others, I was like, I like never want to use this. Did anybody is there an overdrive or a character that you guys liked using? Mm,
3: I wish I could remember them better.
2: I I like uh I used to like arns because like Mm-hmm. I used to have them memorized, but now that I'm older, I'm like, I my brain doesn't have room for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, an okay thing
1: to not store in there forever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, I like Riku's. I like, I don't use like the guide for it. I like to just see what I get and that's always fun to me.
1: Oh, for like the mix mm-hmm. overdrive. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So every character, if they get hit enough time, kind of like they do in seven and do they, I would assume like in they might breaks. do. In, do they do? Oh, limit break, So a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they do anything similar in eight and nine, but these overdrives are these like essentially a super ability that your character gets to use after they've taken enough damage. Or in some cases you can change how your overdrive gets charged. Like if you deal damage or kill a character or if like your ally gets hurt. So what I would do with, uh, Titus was I, for a while I had a counterattack weapon, but then I, so I would set. Uh, and his offense was his strength was really high. So I would set the uh, his overdrive to build when allies got hit, but he would have a counter attack. So either way, if I was getting damage when he's in battle, it's good for me. Very good. Mm. I just feel like there were so many things like that that were great. Um, one that I'd never got used to, Kristen, and I would love to know if there's something that I should be doing differently is, I felt like Waka's overdrive. I only ever had slots and it never I never feel like I got the hang of it or would even do like reasonable damage.
2: Um so Waka's yeah, Waka's is only ever slots and you unlock more versions of the slots by playing oh. Blitzball. And it's oh, one of the things okay. that like I like Blitzball, but I can hmm. never hate on Blitzball because they made it so that you have to get like really important stuff for Waka by playing woods yeah. Uh, which is not very cool of them to do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but once you do, once you get attack reels, his like his his final one, it's it's really good. It it, it wow. kills, yeah. You're
4: gonna uh, have to get amazing. a little more chocolate in your vanilla plate, Connor.
1: Oh, <laughs> give me some of that chocolate. Maybe I'll even add some strawberry in there later. Ah, uh, don't go crazy, Connor. Uh, <laughs> Neapolitan, on <the laughs> one at a time, one at a time. Um. So, oh, the last thing I wanted to say, I mean, there's so much I want to say about the battle system. Two things I do want to say, and I want to hear from y'all, is that there was a character that I didn't, I found myself using the least and by far, and that was Kamari.
3: I know. Yeah. Um, Which is a lot of people's favorites. He's he's the best. He's cool. He's the best.
1: Kristen, was there anything that I should have, any way to incorporate Kamari in an effective way in your party? I would assume. If you do, maybe you have to take him on a different sphere grid path. But any anything you have to share about that?
2: I tend to early on. I I like to run you him. You tend pe- to. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! I'm
5: sorry. I like to. Uh, I like to run <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, him down put in, in a, a
3: few boos. But <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> a few motorcycles just to be fair.
2: <laughs> um, I like to run him down Titus's path until I get Orin, and then I'll 10 I I'll use like a I'll move back. Oh, like yeah. I backtrack so that way he's really fast but I, he's also really strong um, okay so I, uh, that's usually what I do um mm. but I don't know he I, I, I don't really pay that close attention like to w- what I'm doing that's just the general idea of what I do and for sure I feel like he's usually dealing big damage at a very yeah. fast pace
1: okay yeah I think I I kind of adopted a similar uh path for him too I do like his Ronso Rages, which is his overdrive. The only problem for me is that like he can only use those abilities during his overdrive, which is, you know, not that often. Like I eventually, I was in the, uh, the Calmlands, which is one of the few very big open areas, if not the one. And it was fun to learn like the enemy, uh, abilities by using Lancet. Like I learned Stone Breath from these two snakes, these giant snakes, um, these serpents, and that became effective against normal enemies. But a lot of times in like a big boss battle or something, trying to use one of his special Ronso rages was ultimately ineffective. Um, but other isn't
3: than that-, that a bummer that they do that so often in these games where you're like, oh, great. I have someone who knows a really good spell. I, I have someone who knows bio or something and but then you go up against so many bosses and it's like you can't poison this boss you can't poison him can't put him to sleep you can never berserk him you can't silence him you can't do anything to this (laughs) boss this boss (laughs) is gonna do whatever it wants yeah you think who am i gonna use bio on a regular enemy
1: (laughs) yes there that's kind of that's as much as i love the battle system the incorporation in the bosses sometimes was difficult there were times where i felt like that 100 jake where i would also you know save up my thing and then use it and it's like ineffective or immune and i'm like great i guess i just had to play this once learn everything about the boss and revisit it again but there were times where i would have those sort of restrictions and it was fun to figure out the puzzle of how to beat this boss um which was i mean the whole fun of the game was like going into battles against any enemy group and being like, what's the puzzle here? It almost felt like reverse engineering, uh, a, a, an RPG almost. Um, anything else that you all would like to share about the battle system before we move on to another topic? Okay, cool. Uh, let's quickly touch on the, the sphere grid. I'd love to talk about that. Jake, you let off, with one of that was one of the things you thought was really cool anything you feel like sharing about like this spirit and how it works
3: uh i again it's been too long to remember the specific paths or anything but i did think it was cool i'm so excited in an rpg when i'm like building my characters in a certain way i'm like oh this guy's got perfect dexterity and this and that so i'm gonna build him down a bow tree you know like very RPG I'm like yes perfect he's my archer and stuff so it was cool to see these sphere grids and go yeah I can go this way and then bounce over here and really build this person to be like my huge like basic attack damage machine Mm -hmm. I'm like okay this is my plan so it was cool to come up with plans like that for each character I thought that was really cool to see like a long view of where you can eventually push this character that's very fun
1: yeah, I'm right there with you. Um uh also I should say up top that the sphere grid is is essentially the leveling system in this game. You don't have you don't reach new levels, but you gain uh you gain AP after battles, which are is it just ability points? That might be what it stands for.
4: I think so. I think so. And yeah. th-
1: and then uh once you gain every time you gain a level or whatever it is. I keep saying gain a level, but you get a new, you do get new, reach new levels, but you just get a point to move on the sphere grid, so you can move, and then you also collect these different spheres so that correspond to the little um, points on your map. So if the first opening path ahead of me, I'm right, I'm adjacent to it on another sphere is strength, you use a power sphere, and then that sphere disappears, but you probably have a million of them, especially by the end of the game, and then your strength goes up and then you can eventually move on to that tile and get the one next to it. Um, did I, I loved this fear grid too. There were times where I wanted to plan ahead a little bit, but it was really difficult to like move, move around in it sometimes. Uh, even when you weren't, at least even when I wasn't like using a thing, I was just in the neutral mode trying to peek. Um, was there anything Kristen being like being the expert did you stay pretty traditional from what you can remember in your sphere grid journeys or would you bounce around and do crazy stuff was there any secrets we don't know about
2: uh for me I'm I I stay pretty traditional with it the Mm -hmm. only one being it that I really like stray with is kind of Riku but the game kind of tells you to stray with Riku yeah um so but i always do that and i think it's that's part of why i like the sphere grid is because it takes a character like riku who battle wise could have ended up being kind of you know useless because she doesn't yeah. do much physical damage she could steal but once you get her on a, I i mean machina she's good against her but otherwise once you, once you get past that you're kind of like now what uh, but then you can teach her magic and suddenly she has more purpose and you have a backup Mm -hmm. mage and for when those sections where you're stuck with only her titus and waka underwater it's really helpful oh yeah um so uh, that's i think that's the only like real like trick to know because the game suggests it to you but it doesn't explicitly say you should go give riku magic (laughs) um Mm. but you you should and it's really really beneficial to have that set up
1: Okay, cool. I, I Waka actually ended up being my backup mage, which is really? really helpful for like one area. Um yeah, and I I found that I used Waka a lot early on, but halfway through for whatever reason, when I would try to use him against of course like a flying enemy because he can hit them with his high accuracy, he missed all the time, and I got <laughs> so fed up with Waka. I think also during the story he was being the most ass that he was the whole time so i was like i'm done with you um any other sphere grid anecdotes that we want to share cool uh pretty simple but like really fun and like always fun after a battle getting that little point and diving back into that sphere grid to use it um does anyone have anything off the top of their head that they wanted to be like hey this is something i love about the game and i want to talk about this Because I can lead for us, folks. I got that. We haven't... You know what? Let's really quick just kind of like run through... I know we're kind of bouncing around, but uh, let's talk about like um, the like world design and the sort of aesthetic because I think it's really interesting and I remember also thinking it was really cool and of course Jake's got his custom uh, Besaid background right there. Um, But I had this thought recently where I was like, this game... Feels like it's it's very feels very similar to me to like Naboo and like Attack of the Clones or like uh Episode One Phantom Menace for whatever reason it gave me similar vibes to that. Hmm. Like you know how and partly in that was
4: around the same time too. So
1: yeah, partly in the in Spira, but also in like Xanarkind, because it's it's always surrounded by water. It's such like a. You just can't escape the water in this game.
2: Yeah, Sandorcan looks a little like Coruscant to me. That's the name of that town, yeah. right? I'm not the. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Woo!
1: It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Um, is there anything that you, any particular way you guys feel about the style? I know that sometimes the character design and the uh, like outfits can be controversial, but I love it. Like I like Titus's weird. I'm just here for his weird, like asymmetrical outfit. Titus walked
4: so Sora can fly from (laughs) Kingdom Hearts. They're basically wearing the same outfit, Um, and
1: yes, that's true. Yeah,
4: I mean the vibe of Final Fantasy the whole Final Fantasy series is like mismatched. (laughs) Like what it's—it's like a lot of pleather, Mm -hmm. a lot of like a lot of belts, Lulu, and like it's—it's outrageous and like crazy hair, and I think Final Fantasy X delivers on all of that.
1: Oh yeah. Totally. And Titus's
4: this outfit is so insane. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny
1: that it's also like uh the him and Walker are wearing like athletes suits basically mm. like a, is that what they call them baseball players wear athlete suits?
4: <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, not so. uniforms.
2: <laughs> That's what workers there wear. There it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Um, were you about to say something about any of that Kristen I felt oh like I, I was just gonna off. say that
2: Riku's outfit is a mess Riku's like my favorite character but her mm-hmm. outfit's a same, terrible mess same <laughs> well, like yeah. what
4: is it it's like her bottoms are so odd to me it's like and a, those, uh,
2: shorts but they're like
4: like lacy shorts I feel like they're weird they're like, weird like, they're weird like, 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 like <laughs> pajama shorts I want to
2: say <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> oh, I was. No. yeah they're weird and then she has like this like thing with two tails like, yeah a, yeah it's a it's very bad
4: not practical and also like honestly like yuna's outfit and and hers is like very traditional sort of i mean there are a lot of like japanese like it's a very kimono-esque mm-hmm. sort of look but with her sleeve her it's like not conducive like her <laughs> sleeves are like tied onto her elbows
2: you it up it's not
4: practical <laughs> anybody any of first (laughs) any of these women fighting like none of these outfits are practical but again that's also the issue with a lot of female like outfits in a lot of comic books so
1: oh yeah and this game as like as great as like the themes are and as they almost like seem slightly progressive it's also and where the cinematography i think is great in the fmv sequences there's also like several shots that start on someone's boobs or someone's butt and then like slowly move away or stay there for a long time, <laughs>
2: especially when you find out that Rico's supposed to be like fifteen and that yeah. scene where she cut co- where you first get her in your party oh and she comes out of the water God. and she's like taking off her
4: wetsuit <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's a teen. <laughs> They That's did a, a whole teen. FMV oh, for I that too. I Forgot about that. Oh yes, they, she does. Oh my god! And then there's that weird shot of like her pelv, like yeah. her pelvis or something. It's very it weird. Was so weird. Yeah. Ugh. Damn.
1: Yeah. Very. So they w- they take a one step forward and and one and a half to two back in that way. Sometimes
2: <laughs> it's just very JRPG. Not yeah. that that yeah. makes it's, it yeah, like cool. Yeah, it's totally but.
3: very very JRPG. They have a. There's a specific thing that these JRPGs like, and they really lean into it (laughs) every time. (laughs) You know, something that I feel like they do a lot, Final Fantasy series does a lot. If you're a a beautiful guy, like a really beautiful guy, you are evil. (laughs) Like the second you see Seymour, you know he's evil because he's so gorgeous. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And he's got he's that like a, He's model beautiful. He's like, this is just Sephiroth. I know he's Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah. He's such a bad guy. He's too pretty. Yes. And of course he's a bad guy.
1: Totally. he. I think he's like, immediately you just get a creepy vibe from him. It, aside from him being totally gorgeous. Like the way he talks is like, if only I had a Seymour impression ready to go. I had my Titus one. But it's this like raspy, like high voice, sort of like this. Sometimes it's almost sounds like the Emperor from Star Wars. Uh, He's
2: always like half whispering.
1: Yes, totally. Uh, I, he also, I truly, he grew to hate him so much because um, he keeps coming back. Like, yeah. Finally, right before you fight, before you get into another section, because I was texting uh, Jake and Oscar as I was finishing this game, Kristen. I should have been corresponding with you too. I'm. I, I <laughs> now we can do that, but I. Kept being like, is this a gonna end? Cause like I'm in Sin now and I just fought another boss, but now I'm in another area I've gotta go through. So uh when So it was just a long journey, but then Seymour would always show up when I was the most tired, I felt like.
2: <laughs> mm. That's and I was very like, true.
1: Yeah. I was like, I don't wanna see you ever let alone now in this vulnerable state. Oh, uh, Um there's a few more was there anything else that I there's not really actually there's something i want to touch on that i want to clear up at least get on the same page about and that's one of the things that's like the most confusing about this game which is sort of like how the story works and how death works and like the logistics of it have you Kristen, being a huge fan of this game do you have anything that you can say about like the way the story works that would be less confusing for us to where we could understand it
2: uh, just don't think too hard about it.
5: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty
2: much just kind of, yeah. I've always just kind of accepted some of the things. Because yes. to be honest, that's how I feel about time travel in general. Like yeah. time travel in any media, I feel like if you think about it too much, it's just like eh, too many loopholes and then it'll take away from your enjoyment. But he's not really time traveling per se like yeah he was a real to my understanding of it is that titus was a real person who existed in the past Mm -hmm. and they decided to dream him into being in the current uh current timeline
1: they being the faith
2: yeah the faith yes um the thing that i'm even myself as a big fan i'm not super clear about is how exactly jecht came into that time like mm-hmm. why he was dreamt mm. um other than yeah. that i know they were like dreaming alive they were dreaming zanarkand alive but and it was yeah. all part of like keeping you yevin up and running and stuff like that but um i'm not really clear how Ject crossed over and that's why i say just don't think about it too much and <laughs> just accept the good parts
4: i mean i think that's true with most final fantasy games where there's just a couple of elements where you're like hmm, there's too many numbers in this equation, but yeah. Uh, yeah. that's fine. That's totally okay. Yeah, they don't go full King I've, of Hearts.
3: They, oh, my God. They explain, I feel like they, when they're pitching the plot of it, it all starts to make sense, but then someone in the room keeps talking. So they're like, Titus, he's from the past, a thousand years in the past, and he comes here and he's fish out of water. He's got to like learn all these new things, and there's a summoner, it's a suicide mission, and they go to the end, they see if they're going to change it, and then someone's like, and he's a dream by a city he might not be real he might be like a city's dream that lives in the world but he got touched now he is real or is he though we don't know and then okay and his dad he is the monster and everyone's like all right, all right. so that's we also already
1: said yes think. we're we can't back out at this point uh,
3: yeah, well, he's he's not he's a dream. Okay, <laughs> we get it.
4: You followed me to my car, there's sir. There's just that one person. <laughs>
1: Can I drive home, please? You're talking to me at my car. Uh, I heard. I only asked because I was always a little confused about it, but adopted a similar um, thought process, which is just like I'm not going to think about it too much because I really like what's going on here, and I'm just going to enjoy it. Um, Although I I watched a YouTube video last night that gave me a way of understanding about it that I if I can communicate and articulate what it is I'm hoping I'm interested to see what y'all say so this comes from a YouTube channel called Resonant Arc they did a two story discussion videos on this game and in part two this guy did a follow up because I think he shat on it a lot and so he got a lot of mean comments and made a second video. but about five minutes in and it explains it in a way that made sense to me at least. So this comes from a translation from this uh, Final Fantasy Ultimania, which is like I think a Japanese only. I don't know if it's a book or what it is, but it's like this right there. It's, oh, my gosh. But do I have you, the English what, versions. <laughs> would you t- do you know what? Also, shout out to your kitty. Hi, kitty. Oh,
2: yeah, she's here. That's Juno.
1: Oh, <laughs> hi, Juno. It's her uh, um,
2: past her bedtime.
1: Oh, <laughs> and so she's getting wild. Yeah. Um, are the Ultimania books, Are those? do those come from Square? Like, wh- who made those?
2: I believe they're officially licensed by Square.
1: Okay, cool. Um, correct, you may or may not know, but apparently, in when it was originally just translated from the Japanese version, maybe before they had the English, it was that the people of Zanarkand and the city of Zanarkand... Uh, did exist at one point uh and however the faith they are less of a dream from the faith than they are more of like the faith sort of summoning Xanarkind and these people sort of similar to how uh summoners will summon aeons so that like somehow separate from spira i don't know if it's by some magic sin barrier or whatever that like Xanarkind was alive and thriving, and Titus and Jecht were alive and thriving, but then, uh, and they were just sort of summoned. So that way, when Sin interfered and sort of blasts Titus to Spira, he's not even time traveling. He's really just like, because it's to all the people in Spira, because this is something they only know, Xanarkind being Xanarkind from the past, that they think he's oh he has that's why they think he's crazy because it's from a thousand years to go ago to them but but in reality it's this thing that's actually been around however it's still the jecht thing is still confusing to me like how did he go off on his pilgrimage that's the only thing in it and I think that maybe brings us back to the idea that it's like maybe don't think about it too much but for I don't know does anybody have any feelings about that sort of idea i don't i i it made it easier for me to understand how some of it works
2: yeah but they are they, it is the, the summoning thing is right yeah they they yeah. are su- they are summons for it more so than a dream but mm-hmm. i'm still i've still never really been clear as to why they're why
0: they're doing it. yeah <laughs> in the first maybe place.
1: anybody who says they definitively know absolutely does not
0: yeah <laughs> yeah probably
1: <laughs> um Well, awesome. I feel like we've gotten to talk about so much, uh, and there's so much more that we haven't really discussed, like the side quests, like you were talking about uh, Blitzball. There's, of course, like the special weapon side quest for everybody. Um, Before we wrap up, though, I do want to give everyone the option to share about something that either we didn't get to talk about or if you wanted to wrap up a thought or feeling about this game. um, Jake, did you have anything else you didn't get to share that you... like? really love about this game or a thought you wanted to wrap up?
3: I always like an RPG side mini game. Like, give me some Triple Triad. Okay. Give ah! me Gwen. Oh. Give me any of these <laughs> like try amazing things. Triple Triad is one of the best, I mean, for sure. I mean,
4: it's flawless. Absolutely flawless.
3: Uh, I see all of the issues with Blitzball, but once I understood, I guess it's kind of like, how to play Blitzball in a way that was very advantageous for me, I could get along with it and had a really good time with it. So I know it's like maybe one of the more flawed side games in Final Fantasy's history. uh, But, if you look up a guide or something on it and you kind of get the basic idea of like, oh, you kind of need someone who, do, who does this. You kind of need someone who does this. Here's a couple good Blitzball people to recruit. All of a sudden, it's not so much a chore. Mm. That's my thought on Blitzball. Awesome. And my other thought, if I, if I should say something negative about it, which I don't have to, but I should if I should.
4: <laughs> um,
3: I do think Titus could have easily been just transported to the future. And that would have been fine. Yeah. He didn't necessarily need to be a summoning from a partial world sort of thing. It could have just been a rip in time that was created by Sin. But, you know, this is why I don't make the I don't make the games. Because my <laughs> plot would be too simple and everyone would hate it. <laughs> so
1: Yeah. I- yeah. You would stop talking in the meeting and they'd be like, oh, uh, you haven't ruined it yet.
3: What else? <laughs> uh, there's a job system and <laughs> get she's a singer. Get out. <laughs> yeah, save oh, save for the sequel.
1: Um, what about you, Oscar? Anything you didn't get to talk about or that you love or anything you really want to just drive home right now?
4: I mean, the what I love about Final Fantasy X is how straightforward it is. It's, lin- it's linear. It's not like an open world game, uh, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't think. Uh, I think FF10 does it the best, you know? Yeah. While also giving you the freedom to customize the parts that actually matter, which is the battle sequences, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you really have a big say. I mean, that's a- the reason why I love FF8 so much is because you really can customize each character. Really well, and FF Ten does a really good job about doing that too. um Also, the reason why I love this game is because it's not afraid to be a little weird. Like, it's got a sense of humor. It's what I mean. The again, the Kimari thing, like, really was so. J- like j- yeah. more <laughs> to me that was the game <laughs> realizing that kimara was a the, the a teeny little uh, shrimp you know it's like what uh, but also there's a moment in the game uh where there's like a kid it's like such n- it's like n- a non moment in the game but there's a kid that you talk to that's in <laughs> waka's village uh-huh. and he says something like when i grow up i want to be a blitzball yes and not blitzball yeah. player <laughs> <laughs> and I think I read somewhere that that got changed, and I think that was like a genuinely a mistake. But I yes. was like, no, that's not a mistake. That only adds to the weird, act, like just the weird tone of this game. It's it's yes. wonderfully weird. I love it. But all Final Fantasy games are like weird like that.
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, they anyway, really are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, when I grow up, I want to be a blitz ball.
4: That's funny to me. That's so. Funny. And of course, funny. go ahead. <laughs>
1: Um, the last thing for me, and I'll definitely ask you to Kristen was that while this game is so linear. And I think in my, like in my ideal world, I'm a person who likes nonlinear games, which they, they're not good, good and linear are not mutually exclusive as we've learned. Um, but I think I've always been, I don't know if it's insecure, but like felt a little weird that I couldn't finish a final fantasy game or never had. So while this game is, as linear as any of them probably get, like it's really hard to get lost in this game and get off track. Um, as much as that is the case, I still loved it so much. And the characters, uh, the themes, and of course the battle system and customization, like of your weapons and stuff, was so much fun. And that stuff was so engaging that, like, I loved almost every minute that I played of this thing. Except maybe some of the slow moments or the moments where I would like I lost to the final boss like maybe five (laughs) times like I and that's a long time to get in to that boss and fight him. But yeah, I just thought it was so fantastic and it really held up to like which I really am so surprised about like this game that my friend played that was like the coolest thing I had ever seen held up for me literally over the last month this was my journey so this is my journey uh so (laughs) it was it's just wonderful and I highly recommend it and as Kristen said it's a great I think entry point because for someone like myself who hadn't beaten one it was just wonderful um Kristen uh what about you is there anything you didn't get to share anything you would like to hammer home about how you feel about this game
2: Oh, I mean, for me, I guess the only thing we didn't talk about that I super love, and I mean, it's kind of the same with every Final Fantasy, but this mm-hmm. one's by far my favorite is the music. Um, oh my gosh, I, yeah. I got to go to a Distant Worlds, uh, like the orchestra performance oh. last year. And like full goosebumps when they played Xanarkin, like like oh, a huge so good. goober. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I, I I love it. I'll just listen to the soundtrack sometimes, especially now that all the soundtracks are on Spotify um, mm-hmm. in their entirety. So I I just think the music is so good. And Suteki uh, Dane is great, even though it makes no sense that Yuna could suddenly breathe underwater uh <laughs> don't think about it uh, you know but it's, that's just a whole great sequence and i just i love the music and it's it sticks with me uh forever and i uh it means a lot to me if i if i were to uh piggyback off of jake of naming something that i that i don't like mm, <laughs> in yeah. this game that i kind of i hey. kind of hoped we'd talk about uh the the voice acting not like in depth because everybody gives crap to the to the uh, the titus laughing scene yes but i feel like there's not enough talk about how bad yuna's voice actress is she delivers yeah. every line like this yeah. like <laughs> i have to pause in the middle of all my sentences <laughs> like and i'm oh, like what is it who was directing you <laughs> like yeah. who told you to to talk like this it's so bad but i love it because it kind of adds to the like this corniness that I feel all JRPGs have. Yeah. And I, so I think it adds to it, but it's so, but it's also so bad. <laughs> it's like one of totally. those things when I'm showing someone the game, I'm like, well, don't look at that part. Don't watch that part. Skip that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: Yeah. The voice acting almost can't be, it can't be too good. Cause it lives in this sort of cheesy realm. Like JRPGs are pretty cheesy, especially final fantasy. like, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, their most recent one is like four dudes in yeah. a cool car. I swear it was just someone who was like growing up as like a young Japanese boy and was like, I want to be with my dudes in yeah. a cool car and cruise it's around. The road and fun- it's the road trip. Yeah, yeah. There's a mechanic
2: yeah. with big titties. That's,
3: that's like their their deal. It's There's like a lot of cheesiness to it. So I almost think the voice acting has to have that level of like B movie mm-hmm. almost. We needed that laughing scene. Mm-hmm. We needed yes. it. Yes. Well, can you imagine if it didn't exist? Why? Why would it not exist? <laughs> yeah. It needs to be there.
1: It really does. Um yeah, I also love the music. It's so good. And as much as I love the Xanarkin theme too, like the Hymn of the Faith is like still really powerful to me. Uh and anytime I would hear it in that game was like it it sort of brings a weight to it that feels like, oh, there is something else out there. And like, we all are connected sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, the, oh, I did want to mention something. I almost didn't say two things. And I know, I know I was like, oh, I'm done talking. The last two things are, I love the spheres, the Brasca spheres where you can see back in time to Ject and Brasca and, um, orange journey, uh, specifically because they look like, what someone making a game in 2001 would make a found footage like video be like, like the footage is blurry. Like it's on a VHS and it's like, uh, Jack, usually holding the camera and like moving around and not usually, but sometimes it just struck me as so funny. And so from the time, and the last thing is that Oren is just so cool. Like he was cool 20 years ago and I still think he is just awesome. Uh, that's really all I had to say is just Oren's cool.
3: He is, Oren is a JRPG character. If you were to, you know how they do that thing where they like feed an AI like all these (laughs) Seinfeld scripts and they see what it writes. Yes. If they fed an AI every Final Fantasy game, it would spit out (laughs) Oren as the first character in that game. Yes,
4: yes. I mean, but all all the characters are such tropes too. Yeah. Yes. Of JRPGs, which is why it's so good, you know? Yes. Totally. The, every Final Fantasy has a Riku. Selfie mm-hmm. from yes. Final Fantasy 8. Every Yuna. Final Fantasy game has a Kimari, has a Yuna. The Black Mage. Mm-hmm. Like it's Yeah, has a Lulu. Yeah, it's like they're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with Final Fantasy that's so sort of dope, but also frustrating. It's that they'll, they'll push it without reinventing everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's still Final Fantasy. None of the games connect with each other in any way. They're totally different stories. The gameplay is familiar, but not a clone copy. But the characters are people that you're like, okay, this reminds me of this other character from the Final Fantasy series. Yes. yes. Which is why it's so cool.
1: Ugh, um, So true. Uh, any Any last thoughts from anybody before we wrap things up? Cool.
3: I guess a thought for you, Connor, yes, would you. be uh, if you really liked this because you liked how it was linear, a not very popular Final Fantasy, but I agree, not as bad as people said it was. Final Fantasy 13 thank has a you. similar okay. amount of like linearity, if that's a word. Okay. So if you liked that about this game, Final Fantasy 13 is that for most of the game. Yeah. The other thing that 13? I'll say about Final
4: Fantasy 13 that's great is that in in terms of characters, it makes you have to put effort into all of your characters.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. So. The, the obstacle for me sometimes finishing a game is like getting uh, lost and frustrated. And the way that this game was linear, even if I got frustrated, I was never lost. So I could just get back. So thank you, Jake. Um, I appreciate that. Well, that will wrap up our discussion of, uh, final fantasy 10. Uh, so before we go, I'll of course, ask you guys to plug stuff, but I just wanted to thank you three so much again for doing this. This is two hours and, uh, we're going on what? 10 minutes of our time. Uh, I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. This game was just like a special experience to play over the last month. So, um, and very seldom does one grab me in the moment and I'm like, we got to record, but here we are. So, Um, when we all go ahead and say goodbye to all of you and ask you to plug. So Jake, thank you for coming back. Uh, I know you're up to some stuff recently. Where can we find you? What should we be looking out for from you?
3: uh if you'd like to hang out with me while i play some video games i am spraggles on twitch i've been having a lot of fun doing that i stream mostly kind of in the midday here on the old west coast so (laughs) sometime around 11 on the pacific time i do need more of a schedule because i only have one day on my schedule right now which is fridays at 11 uh and you can find me on twitter at jake sprague on instagram at jake is super cool and uh you know what jeremy Go ahead and play any sound you want, buddy. Oh, he chose that one. Weird.
1: Wow. Didn't expect cool. it. Yeah, cool though. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Jake. It's it's also just so nice to hang out with you for a little bit. So thanks so much, um, Oscar Montoya, returning champion to the show. Just like Jake. Uh, where can we find you? What should we look out for you? Um, what's the goods, my friend?
4: Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ozzymo, o z z y m o. Yeah, I, what, what am I getting into? I, you can follow my uh, podcast, uh, Spanish Aki Presents, which is a Latinx comedy podcast, and Inside the Disney Vault, um, which is, you know, we watch every single, well, right now we're on season three, which is we're watching every single DCOM Ooh. in chronological order and talking about Great that. Great show. So that's been very interesting because I've never seen a single DCOM before doing this podcast, so... It's been fun and surprising how random, like the ones I thought I would like, I hated, and the ones I thought I would hate, I really enjoyed. So that's very interesting. And uh, yeah, you can you can please watch uh, Bless the Hearts on Fox. I, I do voiceover, so I'm in that show, it's Woo-hoo. really fun. And uh, uh, a show called Final Space on TBS. So yeah, that's it.
1: Hell yeah, uh, I think truly a week before quarantine hit one of the last podcasts i recorded in person was inside the disney vault with you
4: oh my god that's right wait what did which one did you we do we
1: did um 16th year or is it 13th, that 13th year. year yes yeah the mermaid movie <laughs> so yeah. good that was really that was such a good time yeah. so definitely check that out listener and then uh last but first or no second or did i say first you're somewhere first or second on the thanks meter uh but kristen thorson Uh, It was so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Um, Would love to, this is also a formal invitation, would love to have you come on my show one-on-one to to talk about something anytime. Um, Where can we find you? What do you want us to look out for?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I'd totally be happy to come back. This was a lot of fun. Um, Thank you. You can primarily find me on Twitch. Uh, It's Kristin, K-R-E-E-S-T-I-N. And then on Twitter as lol Kristin. That's Kristen with two <laughs> eyes. And then uh, I do have an I have an Instagram for my Twitch that I neglect, but I'm trying to get better at not neglecting, okay. which is I am Kristen, because somebody else took Kristen.
1: Oh, okay. okay. And well, I on the
2: YouTube, but I mostly just upload upload highlights there and stuff. So
1: Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll include all the show that all the shows and stuff you guys talked about in the show notes so people can just click some easy links. Um
3: Oh my God, Connor. I'm a A fucking idiot. Jake. I have been working on a podcast for like months on end and it's just back for season two. I'm sorry to come back with another plug. No, please do. My (laughs) stupid podcast is the only thing I've been doing. (laughs) Totally forgot about it. Anyway, I have a podcast. It's called Unsolicited Advice. Heck yeah. I really would love for everyone to listen to it. Connor, you're even on this season. So is Oscar. Heck yeah.
1: I love it. Um, yeah, definitely check out Unsolicited Advice. Um, Thank you, Jake, for the final plug. Uh, this show. Uh, oh. Before I close it out, uh, I do want to say just thanks again, guys. I thanked you a million times, but these types of moments are really special right now. So I appreciate it. Um, you're all wonderful, and enjoy whatever next game is, uh, whatever's next for you. Um, we love you, Connor. Oh, thank you. Um, big fan, Connor. This uh, I'm gonna ignore that part. Uh, this show logo, oh, our art is is from hey, uh, fan, is Connor. done by. Uh, thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, is done by the wonderful uh, Glenn J. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at, at @glenn_j. If any of you haven't seen the new art for our show, it's truly fantastic. Uh, this show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games and Comedy Show, which you probably already listened to if you listen to this. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. and on those things I will promote when I stream which I can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of call me by your game. And I guess we'll see you whenever we get back to Xanarkind.